Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Nostalgia Mixtape, a podcast that celebrates all things that give us nostalgic feels from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, as well as new pop culture events with a throwback twist. I'm your host, Ty Gooden. Hello, everybody. This is your girl, Christina. And today we are going to switch things up just a little bit, and we're going to put a throwback twist on a popular internet game. But before we get into all of that fun, please make sure you follow us on all the socials. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod, and you can also keep the conversation going with hashtag Nostalgia Mix Pod if you have any reactions to what we're saying or any additional thoughts of your own. Please make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play and rate our podcast. And you can also find us on Podbean and tell a friend about us so that way we can spread all the nostalgic love to everyone who wants to hear it. So, Christina, how are you doing? I am doing well. It seems like, I don't know, there's something going on in the cosmos and it feels like everything is changing. Like nothing. By the time that year is over with, like nothing in my life will be the same. Um, I'm kind of down with that. Um, But yeah, just work changes and life changes and nothing, nothing specific yet. But life is, life is good. I honestly cannot complain whatsoever at this point. Um, I'm just kind of in a good place, to be honest. That's always good. Right? Uh, well, we talked a little bit off, about it off mic, but it's been a weird week for me. It's just a lot of ridiculous things going on, but I've been trying to like block out a lot of the foolishness and stuff and just stay mm-hmm. focused on what I got at hand. Um, I got a lot of really cool writing stuff coming up. So that's been keeping me busy. Um, I've got some downtime next week, which will be the first week of November, which is not November. Oh, gosh. What am I doing? First week of April, which is awesome. Uh, I don't know where I missed all the other months at. Sorry, guys. I'm probably going to be in rare form tonight for many reasons. But the first week of... So the first week of April is going to be a little bit of downtime for me because my daughter is on spring break. So nice. no having to get her up for school and do homework with her and go back and forth to school events. And I took a little bit of time off work too. well, partially took some time off work. So that way I can just like relax and do some things around the house and get some spring cleaning done and all of that stuff. Nice. I'm trying to get ready for get ready for the summertime. So that way we could do some stuff. We're trying to like paint and like do some renovations and stuff around the house. So that's kind of what oh, we're starting cool. to pre-prep for now. I've kind of fallen down a rabbit hole of um, like home renovation videos on YouTube. I didn't even know that was a thing, but I mean, everything is on, everything is on YouTube. Um, It's funny. I saw this one guy, he was renovating his like bathroom and I don't know much about home building and stuff like that, but I definitely know that like there are water cutoffs in the bathroom and like this dude literally just kind of like ripped the entire vanity <laughs> off the wall and then was mad that there was water spraying everywhere. And I'm like, you like, <laughs> like, and it was funny because part of the reason he was doing the home renovation is because like the seal on the shower door wasn't sealing properly. And so oh. like there was a lot of water damage on the floor and he had to take up like Whoa. three layers of flooring and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, you just made it worse. He did a <laughs> lot more water damage. <laughs> Like, he thought he was really putting on for the camera too. Then he goes right. taking it off and water sprays everywhere. Ah. Right. And I mean, Ugh. everything else, he did a great job, but it was pretty hilarious watching him. And like, they had like a little girl, um, like a little toddler child that was running around and doing stuff. And like his wife, I guess, ran in and kind of helped and they got this big old, it was, it was a catastrophe, but it was hilarious to watch. <laughs> 
perhaps don't do that. I need to perhaps. check those out. You know what I've still been watching on YouTube? The Ooh. John Witherspoon cooking videos that I told you about. Oh, wow. Like, it's just because it's, he hasn't made any recently or whatever, but it's just pops, like, in the kitchen with no shirt on and, like, a... <laughs> Usually he's wearing like shorts and like slides and socks and stuff. He looked ridiculous. And he's like burning himself with chicken grease because he ain't got no shirt on. And he's like frying fish for local rappers. Yeah, like he's frying frying fish for local rappers (laughs) and like stealing tomatoes out his neighbor's yard. And it's, Uh (laughs) I don't know where he came up with this idea, but it is absolutely hilarious. Like if you are in a bad mood and you need a mood booster, check out those videos. I think it's just called like cooking with like, pops or something like that but if you look up john witherspoon when you go to youtube his whole channel and all of that stuff will come up and they are funny and so he just talks about like random events that are going on i think one of the videos he did he was talking about when i think he was talking about like when trump's so like secret service got busted with like uh some sex workers or something like that and so he had his whole ridiculous opinion and stuff on it while he's frying fish and burning himself at the same time and it's just it's so much fun so that's Yikes. that's been my YouTube rabbit hole. But hmm. I'm going to check out that home improvement thing because I can always yeah. laugh at somebody ripping off a vanity and making water squirt all over themselves. All right. Some of them are really good and they show you like, like there was this another, another video of this guy. This is so off topic. I don't really care. There's this other video of this guy who goes around and does like home improvements and he talked about how, you know, those laminate, you know, surrounding tub things that people put up, like, you know, mm-hmm. the walls that go around the bathtub and stuff. He talked about how to take those down. And, you know, I'm in the shower and I'm like, oh, so that's how you take this thing down. So like I could like in my head replace like the surround in my bathtub. Not going to, but like right. I at least know kind of how it works. Maybe. Yeah. Sometimes those videos, they're like, oh, it's so easy. And I'm like, hmm, easy for you or like easy for the average person. Like, I don't like think me. it's easy. I think it's just kind of like time consuming, but I mean, you know, they make it look easy at least. We'll see. Yeah, I'll be figuring some of that stuff out this summer. Should be, should be interesting. Demetrius knows how to do a lot of this stuff. I think I'm just going to let him do it and just be there for moral support because I can paint yeah. and do stuff like that. Cause we're painting all of our walls and stuff that I'm pretty good at. I actually did some painting at my church this weekend. So yeah, that I can do, but some of that other stuff, hmm. I think I'm gonna let him do that. I would love to remodel a house. It's, it looks like it looks like a lot of work, but it looks like a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I'm gonna take before pictures and take after pictures and all that stuff, and we'll see how it comes out yes. by the end of the summer. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna go first today and switch it up for the nostalgia recap. I always make oh, you word? go first, but I am. I'm gonna go first today and get, it, find out. get it out the way because uh, I have kind of a lot to say. I usually have a lot to say, but I I may have just slightly more to say today. Uh So the first thing that I have on mind, which a couple of people have asked me about on Twitter is my millennium tour experience. So I went to the millennium tour with B2K, Bobby Valentino, Pretty Ricky, Lloyd, Mario, and the Yin Yang twins and Chingy on March the 16th. They, They came out here to Hampton and I went with one of my friends. So I guess I better back up a little bit and kind of explain who B2K are. Um, I know everybody that listens to our podcast isn't in the same age range that Christina and I are in. Um, some of you guys also live in different countries and stuff too, so you may not be familiar with them because it's kind of a, they kind of come from like a bit more of a niche 
area of like black pop culture but b2k is a boy band that came out right around the millennium um hence their name b2k means boys of the millennium it was uh four guys in the group you had uh omarion who actually has continued on to have a pretty decent solo career um after he left the group he did a couple of solo albums and then he's still been making music like up until recently his solo albums by the way were actually really good they are really good yeah i went back and actually because i was going back before i went to the concert like listening to him because i knew he was going to do a solo set during the concert Mm -hmm. um so i was going back and listening to him and i was like you know what these albums are actually really good and they held they held up really well to be they do over 10 years old because i think the first one came out in what 2004 five somewhere around there and then i think he followed up a couple of years later yeah yeah it was definitely like a little bit of a gap because b2k was around from like right around 2000 2001 until around 2003 they were really short-lived but they were just massive like as far as if you were a black teen girl around that time you definitely knew who they were and you Mm -hmm. definitely were into them and not just black teen girls but a lot of teen girls were really into them it's kind of like how when you think about how like Justin Bieber was like followed around by all these legions of fans and like security was having to sweep him out of places like yeah they were that popular with girls yeah they were mm-hmm. so they did a couple of tours um they used to go on tour with Bow Wow who was oh, little what? Bow Wow then yeah they did like the screen tours and stuff like that together and I went to two of the screen tours I think the first one I went to was one where B2K was there and then the second one I went to I think by then they had broken up and um Omarion was there but I also saw B2K by themselves too and I can't remember they were there with someone else but they were like the headliner and they had Mm -hmm. someone else opening for them and I don't feel like they were somebody that we really would like really latched onto or remembered I think maybe they had like a song or two I'm not sure um but yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of background on them. But either way, they were together a couple of years. Things kind of took a nosedive. Some accusations were made about their manager and molestation, and they started not getting mm-hmm. along. And, you know, the typical group stuff that would normally break a group up. So they decided to get back together last year and do this whole Millennium Tour, which I thought was a pretty brilliant idea because outside of Omarion, the other two member, the other three members, excuse me, uh, Raspy, J Boog, and Lil Fizz, the three of them really, they've like done some music stuff here and there. I know Fizz have, but none of them really had kind of like that solo success that Omarion yeah. had. Yeah. So it was a good thing for them to be able to come back together. You know, they're grown men now, they in their thirties, so their differences and stuff. But I think it was the first time that we've really seen anything out there that's celebrating like 2000s nostalgia. You know what I'm saying? Cause like most of the tours and like articles and things that you read about or that you can experience now usually focus on eighties nostalgia or nineties nostalgia, but right. we, we hadn't really seen anything out there yet to celebrate 2000s nostalgia. So I'm like, this is a actually a quite brilliant idea, you know? Yeah. So like I said, they, um, they did the tour, they brought along Chingy and pretty Ricky, which was another, uh, like all male band or whatever they were a little bit more on the watchy side yeah so where b2k was like you know i need a girlfriend i want to hold your hand i want to spend time with you i think you're cute like pretty ricky was like you know i'm about to grind up on you and do some things to you so they were kind of on the opposite spectrum but same thing with them they were short-lived um and then things just kind of took a nosedive and they just started not getting along and i think they've been fighting pretty much ever since i don't know what they got going on and then they had lloyd mario 
um, Chingy, who was a uh, short-lived rapper or whatever. I know he's been releasing music kind of sporadically throughout the years, but really it was his first two albums around like 2003, 2004 that really kind of hit and resonated with fans. Mm -hmm. So I went with my best friend, Shanetta, which actually makes a lot of sense because when I first saw P2K on BET many years ago, she was like one of the first people I called and we like were watching the video while on the phone with each other and, you know, talking about the song, talking about how they're cute. Yeah, fangirling. She chooses a fave. I choose a fave. My fave was Fizz. Her fave was J-Book. So it's kind of cool that we got back together and got a chance to go to the concert and experience that together. Like, after all of these years. You were a Raspy fan. Yeah. Yeah, and the one thing I love too um, is that all four of them look really good. They do actually. All they of do. Them. It yeah. wasn't like when I saw one twelve and I was like, "Who didn't?" But no, they still look. They look like them from two thousand five, but older, which is what you're supposed right. to like. None of them look like they have done, you know, a hard twenty years on drugs or anything mm-hmm. like that, or a whole bunch of drinking. They actually all look like they've just been, you know chilling and taking care of themselves so you know it's good they to do. see that they actually look good at least yeah so overall the concert was great like i said they look good b2k was awesome they did of course all the songs that everybody wanted to hear they pulled a couple of tracks off of the uh off of their albums and stuff like that both of their albums and then they also did this really nice melody of like i'm not finished and a few other songs but they kind of like did a quick melody because yes. they wanted to try to include as many songs in there as they could and i'm so glad they did they did a couple of really funny skits and you know i mean they wow. were like dancing their butt off they actually um had a really nice transition for them to be able to go back and change their clothes and stuff where they had book come out with some really nice dancers and they did like they reenacted the whole you got served dance battle that they did in the beginning oh, of the yeah. movie so they were that, calling for like dance like local dance crews on mm-hmm. their instagram a lot so you know that's pretty yeah. cool to see that was that was awesome um in hampton we had a local comedian that actually emceed the show and he's done a couple of other events there at the coliseum and he's really funny um so he was making you know jokes you know laughing at some of the people that had dressed up in like 2000 stuff and you know making jokes that kind of would fit within our range that we would get and you know sort of like having people like rap and sing songs from like back in the 2000s and stuff so he did a really good job of like keeping the spirit of the whole thing or whatever and a lot of people did dress up and stuff um of course most of the women there were probably i would say ages like 25 to maybe 38 Mm-hmm. you know kind of in that age range that makes sense because i mean me i'm 32 my best friend's 33 so we were around 13 or something like that 13 mm-hmm. 14 when they came out so it totally makes sense that most of us would be that same age um Chingy i have the a show. very important question yeah did you also dress up i did not dress up i actually had on regular oh. i actually had on regular clothes <laughs> yeah no i didn't do all the dressing up and stuff like my life has been absolute insanity. Even if I wanted to try to put something together, I I'm lucky that I barely made it there and wasn't like dying of like sickness or something. Cause I literally came down with like the plague, like two days later, it was ridiculous. I'm just, I'm just picking at you. It's okay. I promise. Yeah. But <laughs> a lot of people dressed up and it was really cool and cute and stuff. Um, Cheeky opened a show and he looked okay. really good. Sounded good. He did like right there. He did, um, holiday in, uh, one call away like all the songs you expect him to do which mm-hmm. i've heard from some other people and on subsequent tour dates that he only came out and did right there and left what wow yeah somebody told me that last night so i was like because she asked me she was like did uh chingy do more than one song when you saw him and i was like yeah i mean he did 
pretty much all of his songs. Like he even um, came out later on when the Yin Yang Twins came out and they did the right there remix together. Why would you? Okay, I'm gonna comment on that in a second. But like, why would you go to like go to a concert as a performer and only do one song? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I have um, no idea. So also, I don't know um, why he did that. I really don't like it when they come out. Like to me, it's weird to do the original song and then later do the remix. Right. Trey has done that a time or two, and I'm just like, can you? just do the remix or just do the original like pick one yeah i kind of liked it better when he did when he just did the original like when he came back out during yin yang set for the remix like it was already very messy by the time the yin yang twins got there anyway well, of course because it's the yin yang twins so right no and they were lit though so you know they did all their songs and stuff which yin yang twins is like a little bit more towards like our college age or whatever so yeah, yeah so they were out there doing stuff uh so while Chingy was out there, Lloyd came out. Lloyd was dressed. So you know that white jumpsuit that the Punisher was wearing when he was in prison in no. Daredevil? So he had one of those on and it had like stripes on the side and he was wearing a knit cap, just a lot of clothes. So I don't know. I don't know why he was dressed like that, but he was making me hot. Like, I'm because we were close enough. We were like row five and he was like sweating buckets. And I'm like, you wouldn't be so hot. If you didn't have on a prison jumpsuit. I'm not sure what you're wearing right now. What are you doing? Why are you dressed like this? What are you doing? Well, he sounded good. And, you know, he danced and did did his thing and everything like that. So Lloyd was great. Um, I wish he had pulled a couple more songs off of his album. So uh-huh. I don't know if maybe he didn't perform it because he thought maybe people wouldn't know him. Huh. I, but I feel like I feel like the crowd would have would have known most of them. I would like to hear him do Take It Low because that's my song. I don't think I know that song. Yeah, so he did, okay. I mean, but he did great though, and you know, did you and did Southside and all of those songs and stuff. So he was good. Um, Bobby Valentino has to be shorter than me. He's the tiniest person. A and lot I, of these celebrities are super short. Like even the guys in B2K, especially like Amarion, are really short. Amarion is short, but Bobby Valentino is shorter than these people. I promise you, he is like because like Lloyd is not a tall guy, but I feel like Lloyd is at least maybe like five five. Mm-hmm. Five six. Like I feel like Bobby Valentino is four foot eleven. Mm-hmm. He was okay. so tiny when he came out, and he had on boots, and again, just a lot of clothes and shades, and just all of the things and stuff. But he sounded amazing. Okay. So in the end, it didn't matter. He played piano. He did all of that stuff. He sounded really, really good. Yeah, yeah. He did. Mario was great. Sounded amazing. I think, you know, if I were going to choose between the three solo guys coming out and singing, I, I'd probably pick uh, Mario as far as like vocals and like overall, like just performance style and everything. He brought a girl up on stage. Um, she didn't do anything crazy or anything like that, but I felt so sorry for her. She was very pretty um, and she was sitting down and she had on this really cute outfit. She kind of had on like a, it was like a crop top and like a, uh, yoga pants like set or whatever but it had this real like real early 2000s look to it like a baby fattish look or something okay. you know and you know she looked at, like she had like a really cute shape and stuff like that and she stood up and everybody started laughing because i think people were expecting because she had a lot of hips and like mm-hmm. thighs and stuff they were expecting a booty but it was very very flat back there <laughs> like pancake <laughs> and people started laughing and i was like that's rude. Oh, that's so mean. Like, I can't, this is the second time that I've been to a concert here where people have been rude to people. I was like, I swear, nobody's coming back to Virginia anymore because you people no. are mean as hell. Right. Like, stop it right now. 
Speaking Stop of horror that girl. shows, did you see the video of the girl at like a recent show mm-hmm. breaking it down? Like, yeah, she was. There, there were two girls on the stage that he had called up, and I don't know what he was singing because I'm not like entirely familiar with Mario's catalog like that. Mm-hmm. But like he turned to the one girl that wasn't doing anything, and then turned around, and the other girl was like on the floor, and she flipped over her head yes. and was like doing like killing it, but like doing the most. Yes, girl, and she could have been a pretty Ricky dancer. She right. Listen, so things were fine in the beginning with everyone else because everybody was being normal. Then here come the Yin Yang twins. So first of all, like while Mario and them were out there, there was this guy. Because again, I'm in row five. I'm pretty close to the front. This guy is like walking around, like taking like Instagram videos of himself, like taking pictures of people. He's dancing in the aisles and stuff. I'm like, man, this guy, he must he must really be feeling these jams. He must really love it. It was one of the damn Yin Yang twins. I didn't know oh, who he Lord. was. Next thing Yikes. I know, I see him on TV. I'm like, oh, there you are. You the man from the aisle. What are you doing up here? The other Yikes. one had his shirt off. Probably should have kept that on. And um, then um. he was just, he was very high. He was not really rapping. And then he got on the stage and started crawling like a baby. Uh. And he started lifting his leg up like a dog. <laughs> then he started humping the stage. And everybody was just like, um. And so the other twin is looking at him like, what are you doing? But he was trying to like hold it together. <laughs> and everybody's still kind of like having a good time and kind of like, you know, because they're doing all the yin yang hits and stuff. But mm-hmm. everybody's still looking at the same time like, is this man okay? Because he was again sweating <laughs> profusely. And I'm like, why are you hopping the stage? Why are you lifting your leg up? Like you peeing on a tree. Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Hi. And he's like, rap on y'all, y'all, rap on y'all. Hey. And he's like screaming <laughs> into the microphone. And everybody's like, like what is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so their their set was interesting, to, to say the least. Don't know what was going on with one of the yin yang twins, but that twin was a little off and the other twin was just in the in the aisles, like for the rest of the concert too. Like during B2K's performance stuff, he was just walking around, like talking to people, dancing in the aisle. Like he was just so happy to be there in the building. Right. He's trying to make I sure mean, he makes every single one of his coins today. Listen, he made it count like all the way. And pretty Ricky came out and made their coins count. They look like they had seen better days they probably were i mean like i said the yin yang twins pretty much looked like they did before you know right but pretty ricky when they came out i was like Ooh, i don't remember y'all looking like that i mean i don't expect for people to look exactly the same because i don't look the same way that i looked in 2002 or 2005 exactly but mm, the mm. only one that i have seen like on tv because i think three out of four of them are on loving hip-hop Miami or Hollywood, one of them love and hip hop shows. Probably Miami because they're from Miami. Okay, so we're gonna go with Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one that I think that looks like he normally does or looks like he's well kept is Spectacular. Spectacular tries to sell me things on Instagram. Um, <laughs> refuse to acknowledge that. Um, what I will say is that, you know, while he still looks good like he did back in the day, I have seen his on-tour shenanigans on the interwebs, and I need him to take it down just a couple notches. They did too much. The dancers, they were flipping them over their head. They sticking their head between their legs. They were on top of them, humping them. Spectacular took a towel and rubbed it on his balls and threw it out in the audience. (laughs) 
Then he disappeared for like 10 minutes and the other guys were just dancing hard and sweating because they were out of shape. And then Spectacular came back with the towel on around his waist. And that was it. No shoes, no socks, no shirt. Just a towel. It just performed the rest of the time. And it wasn't like, it was like a thing that the whole group was doing. No, it was just, just him. And then he started like taking it, like popping and humping, and the towel started like acting like it was gonna break loose. And I was like, "This man is gonna get arrested for public nudity because the towel's gonna fall off, and we, we just gonna see everything." And I'm gonna see too much because I'm like dead center of the stage, like, "Oh my god, no! Put that away and stop lifting people up off of your head and put your head between their legs and just doing a lot." Like, and they're just like hump diving on the stage. And it was just, they did so much spectacular. He took that towel and rubbed it on his balls and then threw it and it came flying near my way. I was like, dear Lord, please don't let this towel come anywhere near me because that is so gross. Why are you so gross? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) See, to be honest, he is not the one that I expected to be doing the most. Like from what I remember of Pretty Ricky back in the day, like the the other guy that's not Pleasure P and is not spectacular and is not the guy with the locks. Yes, the guy with the locks. He was always the one that's kind of like. Oh, he wasn't doing all that, girl. He was too out of shape to do all that stuff. He was just trying to keep up. He had to go over to the side of the stage and get a breather quite a few times. I'm like, you knew this tour was coming, right? Why you can't do these dance moves? What are you doing? What's happening over here? So he's over there breathing every five seconds. Spectacular disappears and comes back with no clothes on and a towel like he just got out of the shower or something. He's rubbing towels on his crotch and throwing them out in the audience. Women are being picked up and they're simulating oral sex and freaky sex and stage diving sex and just all sorts of sex. It was a lot. Doing the most. The most. The uh, most. But B2K right. was great they were amazing they were wonderful their set was great so overall we had a really good time but yeah those that yin yang twins and pretty ricky shenanigans yeah i was giving them the side eye there so i hope the rest of their tour goes well i hope everybody stays together b2k seemed like they had like the chemistry and the camaraderie and stuff on stage they may have been faking it until they made it but they made it believable so i'm so glad i went it was so much fun there's there's been some shenanigans since you know your show but mm-hmm. i don't really want to get into that but i just really hope that they keep it together at least for the length of the tour i would really really love some new music but i don't think that's going to happen um well i know they said on the they kind of hinted on the reel they were up there and they were saying that it was maybe a possibility um i do i don't, I don't think they're going on tour anymore though because omarion had posted on twitter that after this tour he no longer wanted to perform the songs that r kelly wrote that's like an extent well okay let's let's first be very real for people that don't know b2k b2k had like one album right and like well they had two albums technically they had the first one and then they had pandemonium what they Mm -hmm. did was the last single for the first album was also the first single for the second album pretty much and they didn't even really have that many songs and then there was the You Got Served soundtrack, which had 12 songs on it, and I think maybe five of them were theirs. So they right. didn't really have an extensive catalog. Right. And R. Kelly mo- wrote or produced the vast majority of it. So for them yeah. to say they're not like going to do anything. Like that whole second album? 
was R. Kelly. And I didn't even realize, like, I knew he had done some of the songs and stuff, but I didn't realize until Amaria put those tweets out and I actually looked at, the, like, the liner notes, because I have my CDs. So mm-hmm. I was looking at the liner notes and stuff like that, and I'm like, dang, like, he really did. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, I don't disagree with Amaria. You know, he got to stand on his principles and do what he feel like is right as a man and as a father and all of that stuff, you know? Right. So I'm like, but, you know, if that's the choice that he's making, I mean, he is... You know, a lot of people try to say that he's like the Beyonce of the group. And I wouldn't even necessarily Uh. say that because Kelly and Michelle have done solo projects and have proven their ability to stand on their own as artists. Mm -hmm. The other guys in the group really haven't done that. Right. Do you remember? And I don't know if you remember this or not. Fizz and Ray J did a song together. Have you heard this song? I'm scared. It is terrible. It is terrible. He's doing like this nasal Southern rapper drawl thing. It's like when somebody's in like a boy group or something that's kind of, and I mean, they're not necessarily bubblegum pop or anything like that, but they had a relatively clean image compared Uh to like a pretty Ricky or another group like that or whatever. So it was like, he was trying to break away from that image and (sighs) I'm going to find a link to it and just put it in the show notes because I don't, I don't know how to describe how bad that song is. I uh, don't understand if anybody spent money in the studio, even if they didn't spend money, the fact that somebody spent time and had to listen to right. it and that people approved it and made it a thing and they made a video for it. This looked good in the video because he's fine, like still fine, but I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what Ray J is talking about. Bullock did a couple of songs together at one point. They did. They weren't bad, but it was just like, like Uh they never really did anything on their own. And then I think, I don't know if Raz really did anything or not. I felt like he just kind of like fell back from all of that stuff. He did. Um, Because again, Raz is my boy, so I kept up with him for a little bit. Like he, Mm -hmm. I want to say he did some music internationally, but never really did a whole lot here. And like, you know, his brother, his older brother, who goes by the stage name Ricky Romance, is also Mm -hmm. an artist. And so they've done some stuff, but like none of it really did anything here. It was mostly like him touring China and stuff like that, but right. never really hit in the United States. Yeah. So I think, I think this might be the end of the touring road for them. I mean, unless they really try to come out and release new music, but then it's still going to be hard to tour without doing those classic right. hits that everybody wants to hear. You know what you I'm saying? You have to do a whole double album. Um, right. To be able to have enough material. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what a lot of people don't realize. Um, and it's not like they could just replace Omarion. I mean, he has a very distinctive voice, you know? And like, what a lot of people don't realize is that, like, when you perform somebody's song in public, like B2K is doing, like, they get a cut. And that's mm-hmm. why Omarion is saying that I won't do. Right. The stuff produced by R. Kelly's because anytime they, like, anytime it's played on the radio, R. Kelly gets cut. Right. Anytime it's performed in public, R. Kelly gets a cut. Right. Um, it might not be a huge cut, but it's still but a every cut. Single time he gets a piece of money off of it. Um, so I totally understand it. It right. kind of sucks that most of their catalog is that way. Yeah. But. And I mean, but the only reason he they pressed on with it this time is because he said he wanted to do it for the fans. It's kind of like right. a like a farewell to the fans. And that was why I bought the tickets and went. Because even with me, I kind of went back and forth for a while about mm-hmm. whether I wanted to go to the concert because I love B2K. I mean, I, again, went to the concerts. They were like all over my wall. I wore the CDs out. Like I was like mm-hmm. super fanning, standing over them or whatever. So I wanted to have that last 
last opportunity to be able to see him. But I did admit to waffling back and forth because I ain't want to support, you know, I mean, we don't get into mess. negative things here or whatever, but we all know that that R. Kelly situation is just a mess. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that I have no desire to, that's not a person that we talk about on this podcast um, as an artist. That's not somebody that we support. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I went because I'm like, well, I do want to support B2K during their last, what's probably going to be their last tour together. You know what yeah. I'm saying? There's so another I get where he's coming from. They did a show here in Greensboro last Sunday. Um, I think they're going to be doing Raleigh here in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm going to go see them. I think I might skip it. I actually had one of my coworkers bought tickets to the Greensboro show. Um, and you know, like when you go to Ticketmaster, you can insure your tickets just in case something happens. Right. I definitely had a friend that that insured her tickets and she was like, I'm not taking any chances whatsoever. Um, which is smart. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause they've just had issues just getting yeah. along over the years. And like at, yeah. at the very beginning of the tour, like my tour stop was like maybe number four or something like that. And at the very mm-hmm. beginning, Raz was talking about, he was going to leave. I was like, Oh boy. You know? Yeah. He like quit and then like unquit three hours later. And then right. like one sometime between like in this last few days, like he stormed off stage at one point and, mm-hmm. you know, people were saying that, you know, he was mad about certain situations and other, and I think he did like an Instagram live where he was talking about he his did. mic cut off or something like that, which yeah. fine, whatever, but nobody's really believing that. Um, I hope that, you know, it would be a really great idea for them to got for the four of them to go see a therapist like together. I know yeah. there's not, a snowball's chance in hell of that happening but like i think it will be good for them to be able to sit and talk some of their yeah, issues they gotta out. settle some differences um, and i think that there do. were probably things that i mean there have got to be things that happen it's such a odd experience to be in to be that young because i think right. omarion may be the oldest person in the group and he's yeah. maybe 35 yeah so you got to think about when they rose to fame it happened very quickly like literally if you're talking about like almost an overnight thing it's like that first single hit and boom they were instantly like oh yeah hounded and famous and everywhere and i have like this book here um it's a b2k book and then it's got some like just single omarion stuff in there too but they were talking about how they were literally like laying on floors like trying to catch like 10 minute naps before they had yeah. to go out and like go to the next thing, the next interview, the next performance and stuff. So to go through that whirlwind lifestyle and then to have people around you that may not have had your best interests at heart yeah. and have certain things that may have happened to you that should not happen to, you know, yeah. a, a, a young kid, a teenager and everything like that. Cause when you're a teenager, you are a kid, you know what I'm saying? And just having that, that lifestyle and everything like that. And then all of a sudden to go have this meteoric rise and then have it all crash down, you know, yeah. because of stuff that's, like that, like that's got to affect you. It does. I really, there needs to be some massive widespread, like changes in the music industry because like, I think the music industry destroys people. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, think of how many artists have drug problems or alcohol problems or relationship problems or have died in the midst of, like, the whirlwind that is, you know, being a famous artist. Um, Right. You know, how many people are are in what they call the 27 Club, which I'm not even going to describe what that is. Google it. Um, Right. But, like, we, we can't keep doing this to people just for our own entertainment it's not healthy it's not safe um you got so many people that are growing up and seeing these people in the industry and they just see the good side of Mm -hmm. it and they see the fame and the money and the popularity and all that stuff when like it's an actual job 
but it's way more intense than any nine to five that we could ever have. Um, I don't know. I just think there definitely needs to be some changes that goes on in the industry with how artists operate when it comes to touring and, you know, just being on the go all the time. Right. Like, um, Big Sean, I know he's not in the scope of our podcast technically, but, you know, he just did a couple of Instagram posts talking. He like deleted everything on his Instagram for one, but then he mm-hmm. did a couple of posts about how he had taken a year off just because yeah, I saw that. he was starting to not feel like himself anymore in the midst of everything going on in his life in terms of like his music career. Um, right. So he had to take a year off and start seeing a therapist because he just was not feeling like how he normally feels, which I applaud him for doing that. Right. And Hopefully. also applaud him for speaking out about it too. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Because I think not enough that. people really really do that and then i think too you got to find that way to when you're surrounded by so much of that stuff in that whirlwind you got to find people there to be around you who are authentic who have your best interests at heart who encourage you to stay true to yourself and you have to find a way to center yourself in the midst of all of that madness and stuff like that too i mean and that's whether you're a, a big big celebrity that's whether you're a public figure that's whether you're somebody who is writing and sharing yourself kind of with the world and more people know you than maybe you know them. Um, right. Which is kind of a weird situation that I find myself in sometimes where there are people that know me and I don't necessarily know them, you know, yeah. so it could just be a weird space to to be in, but you've got to have that centering foundation and stuff like that. And you got to find a way to center yourself kind of in the midst of all that madness, yeah. you know? We definitely also have to take a look at how we interact with those people that we right. enter, that entertain yeah. us. Um, Cause the way that, that people have been towards, especially Raz um, yeah. and have treated him and I've stuff like that. Really it's just terrible. These last few weeks. Yeah. Um, like we just, we, we got to do better. and We got to treat people better at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. With that. Like we just have to realize that people are human and treat them as treat them how we would want to be treated, which I know is, such a parable that people don't really pay attention to, but like we gotta, we gotta start being a little bit more conscious of how we treat people. Um, Very true, and that's that. So let's that, move on. That was probably the longest recap, right? Individual recap ever. So, but hopefully you guys got a chance to get my full experience there. So I got a couple of other really short, quick things. Um, it's been fourteen years. I think it was yesterday, as a matter of fact, or maybe a couple of days ago. Fourteen years of modern Doctor Who. Doctor Who originally ran um, from 1963 until 1989, and then it went on a very lengthy hiatus. People weren't sure if it was going to come back, but it actually came back to TV in 2005 in March. So happy Modern Who birthday, Doctor Who, and I hope that it has many, many more years to come. Um, there will be no season, no uh, season excuse me, season 11, no, season 12, excuse me, this year, but next year is coming back and um, it's been so many awesome changes in the show and it's a show that's really changed my life. Uh, I've met so many awesome people. I've got a chance to have so many great opportunities and go to conventions all across America and just do really cool things because of the show and because of the fandom. So yeah, just wanted to give Doctor Who a quick shout out. Yay! And then I went and saw Us, uh, the movie starring Lupita and starring Winston Duke and a couple of really great kids who are great actors whose names are escaping me right now. Um, But it's the Jordan Peele joint that everybody's talking about and kind of dissecting and breaking down and stuff. If you have not seen it already, um, please go and see it if you're somebody who 
can handle seeing something that has a horror or like a psychological element to it, a thriller element to it. I know everybody can't handle that type of stuff. Um, but if you can do go see it because it actually ties into our podcast a bit because it has this really interesting throwback link in there that ties into the overall plot really well. So go check that out. I'm not doing well. I don't know if I'm doing it yet. Still on the fence, but still on the fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's some stuff in there that it's like, ah, uh, like from from Jump Street. You're like, this is really cool, and you'll see if you ever do see it, you'll see how it kind of fits into our podcast overall. But that mm-hmm. is it for me. Okay. I have nothing. I have nothing left of my very very long recap. Wrap <laughs> <laughs> that up real quick. All right, so I'm going to keep it short, sweet, and to the point. Um, I just have. I have four things, but I'm going to keep it, keep it short. All right. So first thing I saw, um, there's a random person I follow who tweeted this link of um, a high school. I'm not entirely sure where, but I will put the tweet in our show notes. Um, doing Alien as their high school play, which, you know, when you think of high school plays, you think of like the graces of the world and the sound right. of music and all those like musicals that people can dance and sing and do all those silly things and not really have to act all that well. But these kids did Alien and from the clip that I saw, they went hard. Um, they used a lot of like, you know, recycled and upcycled materials to make their costume. And so like the video, you literally, they have like a a projection screen on the board like on the stage doing some of the backdrop but then they've made like an elevator door with like a room you can go into and all this other stuff on the stage and like you're watching the video and all of a sudden you see this kid in an alien costume like Mm -hmm. creeping like from the back and you're just like wait a minute you made that like think of like the most epic cosplay you have seen at a con and this is that. It looks that is so just like the alien dope. costume. Um, like you can't, like you can tell there's a person in it, but it's not like you can see somebody's face or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's just straight alien chasing somebody around the floor. Um, it looked so good. And I really wish that like there was a full video of it because these kids went off. Somebody needs to give whoever made that costume a job because they did a phenomenal job like you know most of the time school theater companies and groups and stuff like that don't really have a whole lot of money but like right they killed this like you remember when we went to tidewater comic-con a couple years ago and there was like the goldar and the Mm -hmm. lord zed from uh, power rangers which i have a picture of i'll put it on the page at some point like it looked that good we're like you just want to walk up and touch it wow (laughs) yeah for a high school production because like you said usually i mean some high schools may not have the budget to be able to really pull that off so that's somebody that's got like some skills right first of all i'm gonna know whose idea was to do alien and how they got that clear because what (laughs) that is hilarious never have i ever thought i would see that in a high school (laughs) um never have i ever but they did a phenomenal job and so to those kids i salute you because y'all murdered that like you really murdered that um so i will put that video in the show notes it's on twitter um you could probably search it in the tabs if i don't get a chance to put the link in there but i'm gonna find it i do have it saved um second of all everybody's birthday is this week mm-hmm. <laughs> like everybody's birthday i think mariah carey's birthday is today diana ross's birthday is today or yesterday aretha franklin had a birthday this week i think steven tyler also had a birthday this week it's like everybody's birthday so many Um, birthdays 
Right. Um, and like Diana Ross's is pretty epic because they, there's this picture of her playing tennis and she has this white t-shirt on that says, I am going to win, um, or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And I guess somebody made these shirts and sent them to a bunch of famous black actresses. And like all of my Instagram feed in the last few days have just it's been just the I'm going to win shirt. Right. Like Kyla Pratt and um, Debbie Allen and Felisa Rashad and um, Eve was on the set of her show. Is she on the real or is she on the talk? Whichever show she's on. I think she's she on the talk. Married. She's on the talk. Yeah. Um, just all these famous black actresses and singers and rappers from the last 75 years wearing this shirt in honor of her and her daughter Tracy Ellis Ross um Aww. all wearing this shirt in honor of her and celebrating her for her birthday which yeah, I thought was pretty 75. epic yeah there's a video floating around on the internet of Beyonce saying happy birthday to her mm-hmm. I want Beyonce to sing happy birthday to me right I could never <laughs> they were just she like, just hey. called her up there like she was like right. you know a, like somebody who has a kid that can sing and they call them up in front of the family to sing in front of the family Right. She like, where Beyonce at? You still here? Come on up here. Right. Uh, Sing Happy Because it's Diana Ross. she did it because it's Diana Ross. Yeah, Ross. You don't say no to Diana Ross. You just don't. She looks Apparently, fabulous. she had like a theater event, like a mm-hmm. concert that she maybe had done in New York um, that was in theaters this week um, that people went to go see. Um just pretty amazing. Um, she apparently threw her own birthday party. Diana Ross is just of course. a legend and we stand for her. Um, so happy birthday to all the celebrities that have birthdays this week. Seems like everybody has a birthday this week except for us. But, you know, we just yeah. us. Mine, was, mine has come and going already. Mine is coming up and I am turning 32 years old this year and Ooh. I don't know what to do with myself. Um, but, that's neither here nor there. Moving on. Um, so there was a small reunion of the cast of Clueless at a convention this weekend. Well, this past weekend. Um, they look amazing. Mm-hmm. It was Donald Faison and Paul Rudd of Ant-Man fame and uh, Alicia Silverstone. And there's another guy who was there who I can't remember who he is. He's the one who dated Brittany Murphy's character in the movie. Um, he was there as well. Um, remarkably missing is Stacey Dash, but Nobody cares. Uh, yeah. Um, but the ones that were there looked really, really good. Um, they all seem to still be cool with each other. They did like a panel at this convention um, where they were asking a whole bunch of questions. They asked Paul Rudd why he still looks as good as he did right. however many years ago. Um, and, you know, it was good to see the four of them together at least. Um, yeah, that was fun. There was a picture and they all look really good. I'll post that in the show notes as well. Um, and last but not least, so today, actually, like literally right before we started recording, um, I took a group of friends of mine that I work with to go see Cruel Intentions. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's the 20th anniversary of that movie coming out. Um, it's a movie about two step siblings named Sebastian and somebody else like literally just watched the movie and I can't remember what that girl's name is but it stars Reese Witherspoon and Sarah Michelle Gellar and Selma Blair and Ryan Felipe and his really fine self he's so Um, fine I kept telling the people sitting next to me because it was four of us two of them are slightly younger than me Um, Mm -hmm. they're about five or six years younger than me so they had never seen it Um, and I was like oh god you guys are like, you guys I mean, are in for it. Th- these siblings, like They're Sebastian and Catherine, are a mess. They are. Uh, 
I feel bad using these words, but like they're either psychopaths or the sociopaths, both of them. Oh no, uh, you shouldn't feel bad because that's definitely what the movie was going for, and they accomplished that. They did. Because <laughs> by the I end, think, if no, you've never seen it before, you're just gonna be like, "What the?" Right. Fuck? It was it was really fun watching the movie. Like I said, with two people who had never seen it, um, Eli and Emily, who I work with. Um, went with us and they had never seen it before um and so like the movie opens up with this scene where sebastian is at his therapist's office and like he's basically feeding her his therapist lines talking about his addiction and all this other stuff and mm-hmm. you can just kind of tell within like the first couple seconds that not everything is quite right with this situation and like he leaves the therapist's office and then you find out that like he slept with his therapist's daughter oh <laughs> posted pictures of her on the internet and you're just like oh this is gonna oh. be one of those movies <laughs> i have not and, seen it forever it's just it's so it's just so it's such a mess. I'm like, who came up I don't know. <laughs> with this concept? And but I mean, while, it has like all the 90s people in there, you know, oh yeah. it's, it's great. And like while he's getting yelled at from this therapist, because like, I guess he's the therapist is in like a mall or like a shopping center or something like that. Like she's yelling at him through the glass because his won't spoil all of it but like he's getting yelled at and like this girl just walks up to him and it's like what's that girl's problem? And he's just like, I don't know. Want to go to lunch? <laughs> right. It's like oh this is gonna be that kind of movie so like the entire time these two people next to me who have never seen the movie are just like wait what (laughs) none of this makes sense because it doesn't it's like it's in that same group of like not another teen movie and she's all that and like where things literally don't make sense but (laughs) Catherine and Sebastian are super trashy yeah I was gonna say just creepier like I mean it's just so much the creep factor is off the charts and ridiculous and like i remember everything that happened in the movie but i have not seen the whole thing in a very very long time and so it's just like it's funny to watch things happen that you know are gonna happen and like the people next to you are like it's kind of like watching somebody watch game of thrones for the first time and you're there just to enjoy the shock on people's faces like the right when it happens (laughs) (laughs) it was great and like the entire time after the movie like they were like i don't even know how to process what i just saw and i was like i don't know either but it's hilarious isn't it (laughs) i still don't know how to process it and it's been 20 years and i've watched that movie quite a few times or whatever and i'm still like what what the hell is this there is apparently a sequel well so there's two technical sequels and so cruel intentions to from what I understand, it's a prequel. It was a prequel, uh-huh. And then two, three was, like, after events. There's also now a stage play. Wow. Which I started to listen to the, like, cast recording of the music for the stage play. Mm-hmm. It was kind of disappointing because I was expecting, like, all brand new music. And there are some songs, I think, that they wrote for it. But, like, other songs are, like, Bye 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 and I Want It That Way and genie about them just like and none of these songs were in the movie <laughs> right yeah where did they get those from what you know they were gonna do a tv series about it one time okay somebody had mentioned that that this would be a great tv series and it mm-hmm. really would have been um yeah but i don't know, know why it never panned through i think it was supposed to be on like one of the major networks like abc or nbc i think nbc mm-hmm. or something like that and it was a, not that long ago probably 2014 15 somewhere around that and yeah. i think they actually had got to casting people of course they were casting them with a bunch of like teeny boppers that i'm like i don't know who the hell these people are because i'm old now um but (laughs) but for some reason it just fell through i don't know if they ever gave like a real reason or not but it just never panned out but i think it would make a good tv series it would that show yeah now that's a you know that's like a spinoff or something that i would be into i am totally here for this speaking of spinoffs and reboots and then we'll wrap this up um 
did you know they're doing a cruel, not a cruel repentance? Literally, we were just talking about that. Uh, reboot of the craft. Yes. I just and heard about that today, and uh, well, I heard and about it don't. today, and it's been a some controversy going on there. We've talked yeah. about this before about them leaving Rachel out of the narrative. You know what I'm saying? Right. And like not inviting her to conventions, not talking about her in in articles. Like I just I don't understand. She's right there in the movie, right? As much as the other three girls are in the movie, right? Like, it's it literally that she that she's a there? quarset, like the Golden Girls, like other quartets mm-hmm. with four people. It's four freaking people right there, and you do not, you do not leave out yeah. Sophia, you do not leave out uh, Miranda. You don't when there's four of them, right? You don't leave out the 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 deep voice dude from Boys to Men. It's a quartet. Right. Yeah. So it's not like you're like, oh, I didn't see you there because you just didn't exist. It's like she's right there in your face. Like she's a main. It's not like she's just like some random side character. Like Rochelle is a main character. Yeah. I'm like, so it's just blatant at this point. So I understand why she's upset, you know? It is completely and totally justifiable. And if y'all don't put respect on Rachel True's name, I'm going to do it for you. Listen, I need to revisit that film and watch it again and just like Ooh, write about her character it. and just give a whole bunch of praise to her because she needs it. Do it. Do yes, it. yes. Do I know the perfect it. place to do it for too. It would be awesome. Can I wait? I actually will. They need to put that back in theaters. I would, I would be into that. I would go see it. Mm, yep. let's do it. So we just did the longest recap. <laughs> It is awesome, but it doesn't matter because we had good things and we wanted to share our experiences and everything with you. So, yay. So what we're doing today, guys, and some of you are probably already familiar with, I guess, I didn't really, couldn't think of a better way to say it than to say it's like an internet game because it is like a, like a game or like a questionnaire or Mm -hmm. something that people do on the internet. So there is this Twitter page called One Gotta Go. And what they typically do is they'll take four things that fall into the same category and you just have to choose one that you would want to eliminate out of forever. But they usually try to choose things that are kind of on par with each other. So, for example, mm-hmm. like if they were doing a food one, they would do like if they did like a soul food one, they would do fried chicken, mac and cheese, collard greens and yams. And you got to choose right. one of those foods that's got to go. Like that's the overall premise of it. But either way, somebody started a Twitter page and it's like kind of like become a thing. And so it's I was thinking one about of the it. Best Twitter pages ever. Yeah. Like it's one of my faves because it's, it's fun and it's like a cool break. And some of them are really hard. Like it's hard to make a decision. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I love the answers where people are like, you know what? Me. I'll, I'll go. go. <laughs> yeah. That's me. I can't remember. When was the last time I said that? It was one of them that they had though. And I think it was like a bunch of like women it was like a bunch of singers or something like that. And I was like, yeah, no, uh-huh. I'm good. I'll go. Just send me. I'll leave and let all these people stay. Right. So what I thought would be a good idea for us to do is to come up with a few categories of our own. And we're going to keep it kind of within the context of our podcast. So, of course, it's going to be all throwback things from 80s, 90s and 2000s. And we'll choose which ones we'll choose. And some of them may be similar and some of them may be different because as many things as Christine and I have in common, we also have a lot of uh, things that are different about the two of us, too. So I think it'll be pretty fun. Yep. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So first one up is the annoying neighbor. This is one that I actually did see on One Gotta Go's page a long time ago, but I wanted to bring this one back around because I'm sure you may have seen it, but it'd still be fun to talk about anyway. Mm-hmm. So 
Arkel from Family Matters, Bruh Man from The Fifth Floor, <laughs> Jazz from Fresh Prince, or Roger from Sister Sister? So I want to say Bruh Man from Fifth Floor because I don't really remember him as much as I remember the other three. Mm-hmm. But Roger from Sister Sister can get out of here. Like <laughs> I don't really like. I never really liked him. Like the Go Home Roger thing was cute, like the first time. But after that, I was just kind of like, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's so thirsty. Like <laughs> he is for no reason at all, and, and just like, always was, there. I'm like, why do you not have a home? Why? Why are you here all the time bothering these girls? And both of them, like, trying to date sisters. I'm like, stop being creepy. That's gross. That is very, very <laughs> gross. Like, why would you... No. Just just no. <laughs> just no. Just well, let it go. For me, it's gotta be Urkel. And this is why. Ooh. Okay. Steve causes too much damage to your uh, house. Yes. Like, Brumman... Okay, Brumman breaks into your house. I don't like it. But I can accept that he's breaking in because if he takes anything, it's a sandwich. It's a bag of chips. Something right. like that. Like he's never taken everything of value from Martin and Nam's crib. Jazz, I'm down with Jazz thing. As a matter of fact, everybody else can leave and Jazz can stay because Jazz is all about the shenanigans. I'm trying to right. kick it with Jazz and I'm trying to get into some trouble. So Jazz is always staying. Roger, I mean, I feel like I could just get rid of him. And do something to make him go away eventually. But Roger's not okay. causing any physical damage or causing thousands of dollars of damage to a home. Urkel is just like driving cars and forklifts and falling out of windows. And just every single episode, he is causing the, causing the Winslows like thousands of dollars. Like he got to go. Not just away yeah. from the house. He just needs to go from the whole neighborhood, the city, if he can leave <laughs> the entire city. Because he's doing too much. Get out of here, Urkel. He is a menace to society. For real, for real. Because he just, he's so clumsy and like everybody else is just annoying. Like, and even with Jazz, I'm not even sure if Jazz is really, I don't think Jazz is annoying more than the fact that he's just trying to figure out the right way to describe Jazz. Like, I don't want to necessarily call him, he's not stupid. Uh, No, he's not. No, I mean, he's just Jazz. Like, and there's really no other way. I think he annoys everybody else except for Will. But okay. yeah, yeah. Urkel gotta go. So that's my choice for that one because he's doing too much damage to the house. Okay. So next one we have is Backstreet Boys album. I hate you for this category, by the way. Oh, I knew you would love this one. This is, should be your favorite. So uh-uh. you should be ready for this. So Backstreet's Back, DNA, Unbreakable, or Millennium. So you didn't make this easy at all because I honestly think one of the not strongest Backstreet Boys album is not even on this list. And That's why I didn't choose it. I can't stand <laughs> you for that. Um, I'm surprised this is not, Us is not on there. Like, so, outside of this category, This Is Us is my least favorite Backstreet Boys album, although mm-hmm. it has my favorite Backstreet Boys song on that album. Like, out of all the Backstreet Boys songs, my favorite album's on that one. What's your favorite? Uh, uh, they have this song called Undone. Mm-hmm. Um and it's got incredible harmonies. It's a great song. Um, it's, to me, Backstreet Boys at its best. The only problem with it is that it's from one of the albums when Kevin wasn't in the group anymore. Um, oh. But I think they performed it. They did a concert on 
it might have been the last cruise that I went on where they picked, they kind of bought some songs back that they had not done in a very long time. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, after, you know, so many albums, I think DNA is their 10th studio album. Um, you know, certain things start to fall away and unreleased cuts. Well, like things that aren't singles start getting uh, put on the chopping block. Um, but even Kevin was like, yeah, I he actually picked that song when they did that concert where he was like, this is one of the best songs that they've ever done. And I'm really mad that I was not in the group when they recorded this song because I want to be on this song. Um, but if you've never listened to it, you should definitely go listen to it. It's one of the best Backstreet Boys songs ever. Should have been a single. Oh. Um, also, Mad Black and Blue is not on this list, but just need to hear it over there. Um, so this is hard. Like, really, really hard. I know I just picked that. I just said that. I am probably going to go with Unbreakable. That's my choice, um, too. Yeah. So, Millennium is just a classic. And while there are songs on Millennium that I don't really like, um, Millennium brought us... Millennium was the album that, like, cemented that the Backstreet Boys were going to be a big deal. Like, their first album was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but Millennium is the song, you know, with Larger Than Life and I Want It That Way. And right. um, it's got... Uh, that forged their legacy uh, right there. Right. It's got mm-hmm. Don't Want You Back, which also should have been a single. And I'm still mad at Nick for being the reason why it's not a single. Um, that album is just a classic. Um, DNA is their most recent album. And I think it's a very mature sound for them. It's the most cohesive album. And it's one of the albums where... You know, now that they own themselves, like they're all singing on it and they all sound really, 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 right. really, really great. Um, I cannot wait to hear them perform some of these songs on the tour. And from what I just saw, Brian tweet that there's 32 songs on the set list, which oh, wow. I'm fine with being there all day. I'm cool. That's with that. amazing. Let's get it. Yeah, um, DNA is really good. Um, you encouraged me to listen to it. So I just like ran through it like all the way through one day. I was doing some work and stuff. And I was like, wow, good? this is good. I was like, God, it sounds good. Like they're doing amazing. Right. Um, Backstreet's Back, which. I'm glad you brought that up because Backstreet's Back and Backstreet Boys, although they are the same album cover technically, they're two different albums. Um, mm-hmm. So Backstreet's Back has like some of my favorite favorite Backstreet Boys songs ever um, that aren't released in the United States because uh, Backstreet back was a european album it was the first one before they Mm -hmm. released backstreet boys of the states um so backstreet's back has um that's the way i like it which is a dope song um it's got Ten Thousand promises which i love Ten Thousand promises that's one of my favorites Ten Thousand promises like if you released it today it could still be a hit Mm -hmm. like it's one of those songs that kind of stands the test of time and everybody loves it um yeah that song alone was why i was like yeah this this album definitely i mean because i know it's got like as long as you love me and stuff like that but i was like Ten Thousand promises that alone that album second just for that child yeah same same thing if you released it today it could still hold up um it's also got if you want it to be good girl which they cannot stand that song like they hate it when people bring it up and they hate the fact that fans love it so much but that song is delicious and it's dirty, <laughs> even though Nick shouldn't have been singing it at like 12 or whatever. That song's right. great. Um, it's also got If I Don't Have You. Again, another song. If you release that, if they re-recorded it today and released it as a single and put it on their album, you would still love it. Because it's one of those timeless songs that just kind of is good. Um, so I'm going to go with Unbreakable, which Unbreakable has some great hits like... Um, Helpless When She Smiles, another bop. Yeah. Um, Everything But Mine, another bop. Actually, you know, um, I think this is the album where JC wrote, co-wrote one of the songs, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
but it's just not as good as some of the other yeah. albums. I, just, I feel like I don't know place. it as well as I know the other. And I'm not like a massive Backstreet Boys fan right. like you are, obviously, or whatever. But with that one, I'm just like, eh. I feel like I don't know it as well. Like, it's one I've heard people talk about before, but I just right. don't have that, like, familiarity or connection with it or whatever. So for me, that was kind of the, the kicker out. You know, it's it's got some good songs, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of all over the place. There's some pop songs. There's some like country sounding songs. There's some like alternative rock songs. That's fine. I don't really like it when they go country. I, the fact that AJ <laughs> is doing country music now just kind of makes my head hurt. You. <laughs> it, like, every, okay. You're like, huh? I'm going to finish my statement. My other problem with Unbreakable is the fact that it's the first album without Kevin and the Backstreet Boys are not the Backstreet Boys without all five members. Right. Just going to put that out there. So that's why Unbreakable is on the cutting floor. But like, AJ, I love you. Like, I really, really do love you. But Jesus <laughs> Christ. I just want to punch the people who said that you should do a country album. Like, I... <laughs> oh, man. You really, okay, be, so, you really get upset about this and it cracks me every, every time. time. And I feel bad because like I haven't really listened to the songs and I haven't really listened, watched the videos and all that stuff. I haven't bought any of the merch. And you would think being the massive AJ fangirl that I am that I'd be like all about it. But I'm just like, oh, no. You, know, you had me listen to one of those songs and I was like, I, I don't like this. No. <laughs> just no. <laughs> and like I heard recently that he doesn't really like his first album because it didn't do so well but first of all your first solo album wasn't even released in the united states problem number one right but two like i didn't know that he came out with the first solo album until i went to go see the backstreet boys and new kids on the block and before the show you know they had the big jumbo screen and stuff like that they were playing like solo tracks from like all the guys so like they were showing jordan knight's give it to you video and uh Jordan Knight and Donnie Wahlberg did a song together called, uh, I can't oh, remember. Man, that Jordan this. Knight joint was a bop. Right. Um, I had that joint on a single on a, on a, I bought it. I remember buying the CD and buying it on a single and like playing mm-hmm. it just on repeat over mm-hmm. and over and over again. So they showed oh, like Jordan Nick's Knight. first video oh. and Brian's first video. And then all of a sudden there's this video on and I'm like, wait a minute, is this AJ singing? How did I not know this? And it's him. The song is called uh, Teenage Wildlife. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's a bop. And like in the video, mm-hmm. like it's him and like other dudes and then people dressed up in like animal costumes. <laughs> and there's something about him and one of the animals who I'm assuming is a girl. Oh, and, dear. Like they're going it back sounds and like forth. it's going the wrong way. Uh, no, it's hilarious. Okay. Like a fight breaks out between him and like, oh. first of all, <laughs> I was like, "Wait a minute, this is going away that I'm not comfortable." <laughs> no, 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 it's not dirty. It's not dirty. But like a dance break, a dance battle breaks out with like him and the humans versus and animals. Like, the fur, yes, the furries, and then next thing you know they're fighting and then the next thing you know he runs off with the girl animal i think it's a squirrel or something like that they run off and start making out and all oh. that stuff it's hilarious yeah see the making out that's where i thought up. you were really just going straight to that and i was gonna be like oh. <laughs> it's not like a video about furries or anything like that although right. technically that is kind of what it is but i mean like, that's fine I, I i'm listen if you're a furry and you're listening i'm not hating on the furry thing i just it was taking me off guard because i thought that was directly where she was going and i'm like i that's not what I expected. No, but it's hilarious and it's funny. And you're just like this, like for someone who's been a fan of AJ for as long as I have been, like, it's like this, this makes absolutely 100% sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but that's why it makes but sense. But that's why it makes AJ. sense. Right. Um, I'll link that in the show notes. Cause it's, 
just fun. <laughs> it's hilarious. And the song I actually like a lot. I gotta um, check that out too. Yeah, yeah, listen like to that Jordan Knight song. Mm, I've been listening to that song too. I uh, like the Jordan Knight and Donnie Wahlberg song too. They got some bops as like New Kids on the Block got some bops as well. Yes, they do. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Unbreakable. I just I mean I don't I like it more than I like same, This Is Us, but same, yeah. same, same. So next one we've got is 90s black sitcoms. So we got the Fresh Prince. Okay. We got Living Single. We got a different world. And you know what? I think I got my timing a little bit off because I feel like Keaton and Kale came like early 2000s, right? Uh, maybe. Or was it late 90s? Let's stick them. That was late 90s. Yeah, let's stick them in there anyway or whatever. So Fresh Prince, Living okay, Single, Keaton and Kale, and A Different World. 96 to 2000. Okay, so I'm good. That's what IMDb says, yeah. All right. So which one got to go? Mm. I don't like this question. <laughs> uh, first of all, I would like to point out that like Ty wrote all but two of these, so if she doesn't like one, it's her fault. I don't. Um, I don't like this one. I'm just gonna go to a different world. The Fresh Prince is always and forever like a classic. If I say I don't like the Fresh Prince, Ty might shoot me, and I like my life. So, no, I mean, Fresh you're Prince free to not like the Fresh Prince. It's just, it, it's my favorite thing, but it don't have to be yours. No, no, no. The Fresh Prince is dope. Um, Living Single is always going to stay in the test of time. I think it was one of the first shows with, like, a group of Black women. Mm-hmm. Like, just a group of Black women on it. Um, and realistically, let's be real, it was the Sex and the City before Sex and the City. And Friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still mad about that friends thing. Okay. Yeah. For so many different reasons. Friends is just like the show that won't go away. Like I know it will never go away, but I just really right. wish it would kind of go I away. Don't understand why it's still on Netflix. It's like it's on TV every day. If you want to watch like, it, just turn on your TV. It's there pause, every day. Pause <laughs> for the cause. Like for the amount of money, like if all you watch on Netflix is Friends in the Office, for the amount of money that you pay for like a membership to Netflix for a year, you can just go buy the DVD box set and never watch it again. Right. I mean, and never watch it on Netflix again. Like the shows that I like, like when Leverage was on Netflix, I own all of the DVDs for Leverage now, so I don't have to worry about Netflix. Mm-hmm. The same with Avatar: The Last Airbender, because I know Netflix is funny now. Um, and they keep canceling my good shows, but I can't believe that like they're spending money to this... put those things on and canceling other shows that they could be spending the money on. Yep. Yeah. Yep, 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 um, yep. So we're just gonna um, whatever Netflix. Um, <laughs> Keenan and Cal, I can't get rid of because Keenan and Keller Bay's like they're the patron saints of this podcast, and I feel like I might be struck by lightning if i get rid of them so i'm gonna go with a different world mostly because i'm not as familiar with a different world as some of the other shows mm-hmm. also it just cause it's just because it's kind of never really my thing like i've seen episodes of it but it just doesn't it doesn't resonate with me as much as some of the other shows yeah. now that's not saying See, that it's I good love or bad, a different world but it's just it was never really my thing yeah i love a different world i have watched it like because it's actually on prime now i've mm-hmm. watched it all the way through quite a few times i just pretend like right. season one doesn't exist in my mind <laughs> It doesn't exist, so don't okay. talk to me about season one because it, it doesn't exist to me. They started season two. Denise was like just not even there. So taking out season one of that or whatever, I hate to maybe I'm gonna have to get struck by lightning, but I gotta let Kanan and Kale go. Because Fresh Prince right. is number one on my list. Like time to look for always, a new co-host. 
and always above everything and stuff. Living single, same thing, like you said. It was like one of the shows that really resonated with me, seeing Black women in these awesome positions, being lawyers. Um, Khadijah was a big influence on me as far as wanting to be a writer and it being something that like could realistically be a dream for me that I could achieve and stuff. And with a different world, too. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. one of the shows that really influenced me to want to go to college. I think it was so groundbreaking, the work that Debbie Allen did on it to talk about issues that weren't being talked about on shows like that. Like it was one of the first shows to really address things like date rape, um, to address abusive relationships, Mm -hmm. to address the AIDS epidemic. Like people weren't talking about HIV and AIDS and stuff, and they tackled that right head on. So to me, I think, you know, not only do I enjoy it, like just as an entertainment medium, but it's so culturally relevant and stuff too i love keenan i love kale i love keenan and kale the the actual show and i love them as people or whatever but like in the in the quartet that we've got here they're the ones that i gotta have go but i still love keenan yeah i could totally see that yeah they're not so that gotta, show was not didn't necessarily tackle some of the deeper issues of some of the other shows it was literally just there to be funny but I yeah mean, but it's definitely still at my top though, like so. if i were gonna have a top 10 yeah. like black sitcom list or whatever it's on my top 10 list without a doubt oh yeah most definitely yeah something's gotta be you fun too something's gotta be fun i put it up uh i put it above a lot of yeah. things that other people would probably put above it you know yeah so king okay, that's that's my choice don't hate me, Keenan. I'm, I'm going to watch your new show when it come out. I'm going to support everything you do because right. I love you. Same. We're going to watch all the things. <laughs> okay, so R&B group. I've got Jodeci, Boyz II Men, Drew Hill, and 112. And I already know who you're going to eliminate. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, we all know that I believe that there are two types of people in this world. <laughs> half a jodeci so i'm sorry as much as i try to collect myself she already knows i'm gonna eliminate jodeci because again there are two types of people in this world people that like jodeci mm-hmm. people that like boys to men i am one that likes boys to men i don't know why jodeci is in the desert and like <laughs> leather singing their hearts out but that was a dumb decision I don't know. Casey and JoJo need to lay off the sauce. <laughs> Girl, they had a piano in the desert. Like, I don't, the desert. Where, did, where did the 
where that come from? <laughs> How do you keep it stable in the desert? Like, I just don't understand. Like, the sand is not like the ground where it's like, oh my you know, god, the wind blows and your hill is gone. Like, that's I don't my, understand. That's my song, though. They were begging. I'm like, you know, a man wants you back real bad. And his friends get out there with leather on Mm-mm. and play a piano in the desert. I'm sorry. If, if, Part of you trying to get me back is I'm going to go out into the Sahara Desert or whatever desert and sing in some black leather at that point. Like, it's not even like a light color. It's black leather. With a piano, we can't get back together. That's just... At least they the boys were singing in the desert. They had on white and they were wearing like oh, linen. They were wearing so, like linen. You know, like, they look fly. They did. But like, why are, why are you in the desert with leather on? Like, what is wrong with you? What happened? Um, I will put the caveat that I have to have original Drew Hill and not like Yeah, not the one with Drew the Hill. fifth guy and Mm-mm. and this is like when we're talking about them, we're talking about these groups like during their prime. Not right. whatever. Like I know I was laughing at Casey and JoJo earlier. Don't mind me. I just I have to I have to get that out of my system every time I see Jodeci or Casey and JoJo. But we're talking about these groups like during their prime. So we're not talking about right. Drew Hill and whatever they were doing. There was a previous episode where I talked about a concert I went to. Mm-hmm. I wasn't talking about what they were doing. I don't know what was happening there, and they were missing a person. So, mm-hmm. but this is like the original group, like them at the height right. of their fame. Um, Boys the Men was great. I literally just saw a couple weeks ago this video they did a few years ago. Um, randomly saw on Reddit a video of them singing "For the Longest Time" by Billy Joel on "How I Met Your Mother," mm-hmm. um, and there's a video of. Billy Joel singing in a concert and apparently he hadn't been in a concert for a very very long time um which is weird because that's like one of the best Billy Joel bops ever um but he brought out Boys to Men to sing it with him um and so seeing them you know the three current members of Boys to Men and Billy Joel do that song was just that's that one of my favorite songs ever um I'll post that um yeah I'm gonna have to check that out too and they're just great I think they still have a Vegas residency going on so good for them um Drew Hill at Drew Hill is one of like the first R and B groups I really grew up on. My sister, me and my sister differ in a lot of things. Like she is squarely on Team Jodeci. She does mm-hmm. not like Boys to Men. She thinks they're sappy. See, I don't. Um, I don't dislike Boys to Men. Like, I mean, because right. I know a lot of people that are like, okay, yeah, I really love Jodeci. I don't like Boys to Men. Like you said, your sister, she's she thinks they're right. too sappy. Like there are Boys to Men songs that I like, but as mm-hmm. far as me going back and like revisiting this discography and stuff, I really don't revisit their songs that much. Like End of the Road um, is probably about the only one that pops up for me. And every time I hear that song, it makes me cry because I literally heard it once during my pregnancy and just bawled tears in my car because I was just miserable and huge. Uh, we'll put a pin in that and come back to that. But me and my sister both actually really enjoy Drew Hill. Like the concert that I've talked about earlier in earlier episodes where there was a whole bunch of Drew Hill shenanigans, like me, my sister, and one of her friends from high school went to that concert together because we both just really love them. Um, she mm-hmm. actually went to see them in concert one year eons ago um, when it was the four original members and brought me back a t-shirt and I'm fairly certain I still have that t-shirt somewhere um and 112 like I love 112 like who doesn't love peaches and cream and stupid and like they're just they're not they're not one of those groups that's like oh my god they are fantastic like I feel with you know boys to men right but they are consistent if anything else like almost everything that they have come out with is good. Um, and, you know, being under the umbrella of Diddy, you know, right. Hits, hits on hits on hits on yeah, hits. Yeah. They um, came out with some timeless bops. And I mean, oh, it is yeah. Slim's voice. 
Like for mm-hmm. me too, that's a, that's a big thing for me. Like I was talking about earlier Thank with you. Omarion's voice. It's not necessarily that Omarion is like this excellent singer, but he has this very right. distinctive voice that just has that leading quality to it. Like, and Slim, of course, I mean, is a great singer. Don't get me wrong or whatever, but it's just, he's got that distinctive voice. Like when you hear it, you know, it's him. Right. You cannot mistake him for anybody Absolutely. else. So I mean, that alone can make 112 just upper on the upper echelon. It's like, if you're going to choose them within a one got to grow group, like that alone for me, they yeah. got to stay for that. Um, Boys to Men was one of my first concerts. I saw them with Montel Jordan and TLC. I think I talked about that before too. Yeah. Um, they're just really great. Like I love all their songs. Water One's Dry and a song for Mama and uh, doing just fine with you know Wanye doing the Wanye with the <laughs> waves splashing on them on the Wanye doing the, the Wanye lighthouse and all that stuff. It's it's what it's called. <laughs> uh, just they have some great like. And they're typically known for like their slower songs, but they got some great, you know, bops like Motown Philly, um, I Can't Let Her Go. There's a song on one of their later albums called Flow, which Nathan Morris sings lead on. And it's just, his voice is smooth like butter and he needs to sing way more often. Um, he really does. But I love, God, I love Boyz II Men. Like I really do. Just really, really love Boyz II Men. Um, so yeah, Jodeci can go. Then Kick Rocks. Of course, I'm getting Boyz II Men out of here. So that's <laughs> it's, it's the opposite for me or whatever. Like, cause I don't know. Jodeci's one of the albums that I listen to of theirs all the time is forever. My lady. And it's just got a really good string of songs. Like at the very beginning of it, cause it's got stay. It's got come mm-hmm. and talk to me. It's got forever. My lady, which I love, love, love that song mm-hmm. or whatever. Love that song. Um, and it's got a couple of other, just like really good, you know, really good bops and stuff like that. But I, I love Jodeci. Um, again, it's not that I dislike Boys to Men. I just don't find myself going back and like specifically seeking out their music to listen to. Like if it comes right. on, I enjoy it. I like, you know, Water Runs Dry. I like Song for Mama, you know, and a couple of the other songs. I love Motown Philly. That's probably, even out of all of the songs they've released, it's probably my favorite. Um, but yeah, I just don't find myself going back to revisit them. But I do find myself listening to 112 on a fairly regular basis. And I listen to Drew mm-hmm. Hill. Like out of that mm-hmm. four, I listen to Drew Hill all the time. More than, yeah. I listen to them like they just came out. Somebody finally discovered um, Nokio's rock group's version of Hattie Pizza Love for Me. Mm-mm. And it got trashed on the oh interwebs. But... I was rolling when I saw that video. That was funny to me. Mm-hmm. Well, if it, it had just... been done well, then I, I would have been cool with it because I don't like. I think making it a rock song or doing like a rock remix of it is actually kind of smart. Um, I just don't think it was. It done just well. wasn't done well. It could have truly been a bop. Like that was a missed opportunity yeah. there because I'm like I could see this being like a, a rock version of it or whatever. But what they right. had going on was not. It's not mm-mm. was not okay. <laughs> not at all. Not yep. even a little bit at all. So okay. that's my pick. My pick is Boys to Men out of the group. So throwback technology, dial-up internet, cell phones before they were smartphones, floppy disk, and Walkmans. Okay, quick question. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about floppy disk, are we talking about like the little like hard shell floppy disk or like the old school Oregon Trail floppy disk that like you could bend and... The old school ones that you could bend. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because they're technically both called floppy disk, but you know, they're. Right, yeah, we both, we called them both floppy disk, but one was really not floppy. Exactly. Um, Hmm. I am. 
Okay, so I'm going to go with dial-up internet and I'm going to say why all the other ones. So I love pre-smartphone cell phones. I really miss my old Nokia phone with the like removable face plates that you can go buy new face plates at the mall so you could like stun on your friends with the fact that like your face plate is not gray. It's like sparkly color. I think I had like a galaxy looking one that was like blue and purple and pink and looked like space and all that stuff. That was dope. And you could even like change the keypads too. Like you can go to the mall yes. and buy like the face plates and the keypads. Uh, and I love Snake and the little matching game on the phone. Like you give me one of them old phones, I'm um, I'm good. Uh, I feel like I still have mine around this house somewhere. I don't know why I haven't gotten rid of it yet, but oh, I definitely have my old one or whatever. Like with the, it was just like the little brick looking one, and you could change the faceplate and stuff. And I just mm-hmm. I like the pre smartphone cell phones because it was just a phone, and I feel like you weren't as tuned into it as much and people weren't bothering you as much either like now every time you turn around it's 50 billion notifications like i just turn all that stuff off on my phone because it's so annoying like facebook wants to notify you twitter wants to notify you if you're in a group me or a slack or something like that those people want to notify you and then email messages are popping up like it's just too much dinging and all of that stuff and people weren't texting you all freaking day long with stupidity and you weren't caught in text text message chains because it cost the text message back then unless you were like yes. texting after nine or something so people weren't bothering you with text messages all day like i love a pre-smart phone cell phone i matter of fact mm-hmm. i honestly sometimes i really wish i could just go back and just get one and it would be functional for my actual life yeah i really miss the days of like free talking after seven or nine or whatever at having to pay for text message and all that fun stuff mm-hmm. like i i'm it made you more mindful about right how now. you communicate it. Exactly. Because um, you definitely had to wait to call your friends and all that stuff. And then even then, like, by 10 o'clock, I'm ready to go to bed. Like, back then, at least. Right. So I wasn't really talking on the phone a whole bunch. Um, I will keep floppy disk just because that's when we used to play the Oregon Trail, which I don't think that I have ever successfully beaten the Oregon Trail. I think it's Has like anybody? the Kobayashi Maru where you're supposed to lose. Right. Um, Everybody dies of dysentery. Everybody dies. Yes. Everybody dies of dysentery. And it's just a thing. That's why it's important to vaccinate your kids. (laughs) Are they going to die of organ trail diseases? My God. Like, why is there an outbreak of the measles in, in, like, New York State right now? Like, why? (laughs) Vaccinate your kids. (laughs) Unless there's a medical reason why they can't get vaccinated. Vaccinate your kids. We about to die from 1,800 diseases out of this joint. Like, what is happening right now? (laughs) I'm just... When I hear about the anti-vax community, I just want to strangle. Like, it's an irrational anger. It's almost... It's... I am more angry about people that don't vaccinate their kids knowing good and well that they should like more angry about that than when i hear like hey soul sister on the radio i heard hey soul sister on the radio and like flung myself out of the car so i couldn't listen to the rest of it i hate that song that song annoys me anyways um and i love walkmans like i kind of wish walkmans were still a thing I'm, i'm fairly certain you can still go out and buy one. Oh yeah but like I miss having my Walkman because I used to, have, I used to have, I still have two Backstreet Boys CD cases, like with their like the the album cover and all that stuff on it. Um, and not like CD cases like this, the ones that you buy at the store when the CD comes in it, but like a folder of CDs like that a I can carry CD around. Case. Um, so, mm-hmm. right, it held like maybe twelve. 12 cds or something like that and i would literally like go to school with my walkman and my bastard boy cd case like if i lost it 
I'd be upset. But like I would take all the Backstreet Boys albums with me and listen to them like on my lunch break because I don't like talking to people. Um, but I like, you know, being able to make mix CDs and listen to people's mix CDs. Like when I'm doing my homework and stuff like that. Like I used to kill my Walkman. Like I love Me too. Love a Walkman. Uh, so I'm just like you are on this one. Dial up internet because that joint used to be, and we had it for the longest time because I grew up in the country. I was in, when I was in high school, we still had dial up internet because they literally did not have anything else available at where we lived at. It was so terrible. My aunts would call and I would be on the the computer trying to do homework and stuff and the connection would end and then wait for it to come back and it was slow Mm -hmm. as heck. Like, I don't even think I could use a computer with dial up internet right now. It would just drive me because we're so used to things being super fast and my computer is like dumb fast because I've had it like built to be fast or whatever. Like, I can't, I couldn't even wrap my mind around having to, it's just the most trash thing ever get out of here dollar yeah. internet i hate you like you this made used to take forever part of my high school life things. like a living hill that's why it took you it's four days fa- to download a song on limewire because i had stupid dial-up internet and then i downloaded it be the wrong mm-hmm. freaking song four more days that used for to be another the worst. song <gasps> that used to be the worst don't let nobody call you in the middle of it and then you got to start all over again and right or like you get kicked out of the chat room like that's the thing that used to bug me because i didn't I don't have patience and I never really had patience. So downloading music was not really a thing that I did because it took too long. Um, but like, I, <laughs> I loved like the AOL chat rooms talking to other people like from all over the place. And I know half the time that they were probably lying about who they were, but it was just fun. I had, you know, aim friends and stuff like that, that I would talk to at school all the time. Um, and I used to hate like getting kicked out of the chat or kicked off of aim while like I'm in the middle of the conversation with people. Like it used to be the worst. I used to have like a GeoCities page <laughs> that I would like edit and all that fun stuff. And mm-hmm. like, I was on Black Pan- edit Planet. It. <sighs> like, it, Back in the day. I hated dialogue. Dial-up is but, the worst. Like, I'm thankful that dialogue led us to where we are now, but Jesus Christ, like, mm. Uh, the day that yeah. we got rid of that yeah. joint I just I mean we literally were like dancing a celebration because I felt like we were like one of the last families like out there that had dial up internet it was terrible oh so glad that that is yeah. one thing like as much as I have nostalgia for certain things that is one thing that I do not freaking miss keep that back yeah. in the day I'm so glad we to have high speed internet now thankful for it we do not need it so Black movie soundtracks. I did a part one and a part two to this. And you probably could do like 50 parts to this or whatever. Like there's so many different things that you could do. So part one, Wait and Exhale, Boomerang. And remember, we're Mm -hmm. talking about soundtrack. Purple Rain and -hmm. Love Jones, which actually has a really good soundtrack. Because it's got like In a Sentimental Mood on it. It's got the um, Sweetest Thing I Ever Known on it. Like it's got a lot of good songs on that on that mm. soundtrack. And I think that's one that people kind of are, kind of flies up under the radar when people talk about like, especially black movie soundtracks, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to go with Love Jones. Like, okay, so I'm definitely not getting rid of Waiting to Exhale because Waiting to Exhale gave a shoop and Count on Me and all those fun songs. And I just, like, it's one of those songs where you really feel like the songs were written for the movie mm-hmm. uh, because they come in at the perfect times so and they say exactly what's going on and it makes you feel something in the movie. Um, also not going to give it a Purple Rain because um, it's Prince. Why would you get rid of Purple Rain? Like, Prince I don't never understand. goes. No matter what group like, he's in, in any capacity, Prince will never go. 
Exactly. Um, the Love Songs Joan soundtrack, I'm actually looking at some of the songs outside of The Sweetest Thing and that random Maxwell song. I don't really know any of the rest of these songs. Like, I know some of these artists. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a lot of these artists, but I'm just kind of like, eh. Um, but, like, at least the Boomerang soundtrack had, like... Oh, the Boomerang soundtrack is hidden. Like, it that's is. when people got introduced to Tony Braxton. Yeah, yeah, Love Should Have Brought You Home, which um, they actually wrote that song based off of the line that she said in the movie. Oh, what? Like when Yeah, like when... um. With Angela smacked Marcus or whatever after he had went ahead that night with with uh Jacqueline, she was like, you know, what well, love should have bought your dumb so and so home last night. Like they mm-hmm. took that, and they were like, wow, that would actually make a really good song. And so that's when they ended up doing that song and actually writing that song specifically for Tony to sing. There are some very random, like I wouldn't necessarily put all these artists together. Like it's got. Uh, PM Dawn and Grace Jones and Boys to Men and TLC and Tony Braxton right. and Johnny Gill. But when you listen to it, like the whole album, it's actually really dope. And I was like, you wouldn't think that all of that would go together, like you said. But it's that's one of my favorites. Like for me, Love Jones. As much as I love Love Jones, the movie in all its problematic glory, um, the I've Love Jones Jones soundtrack would be the one that have to go for me. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Boomerang is it. Although I think out of these four, Way Next Hell is definitely my favorite. Yeah, that that out. I know I shouldn't have been watching that album. I mean, watching that movie when I was getting older, but right. that movie still apparently. Um, look at so there's a podcast. I wanted to mention this earlier. There's a podcast hosted by I will find her name in a second. Um, called Strong Black Lead is tied with Netflix. Um, yeah, and it kind of celebrates uh like black artists. And black actors and actresses and stuff like that. Um, they actually just did an episode with uh, Jason Weaver, which is pretty amazing. Nice. Um, and he talked about how he got picked to do the Lion King soundtrack and all that fun stuff. Um, but uh, they did an episode with Loretta Devine, and one of the things she talked about is how like they were talking about um, doing another Waiting to Exhale movie shortly before Whitney Houston passed, which I'm really sad because I would have loved a second I know. to Aww. that movie. Um, hosted by Tracy Clayton, whom I love. She's one of my favorite people. She's from Another Round. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like her newer thing. Uh, another Round is not going anywhere. Um, but she's amazing. Um, they actually do videos and uh, like the audio podcast. And it's great because like they have... This is often tangent, but like if you go to the Sean Blackley Instagram, they have one of those old school, like light brown wicker chairs that mm-hmm. you used to see in all the pictures and stuff like that. And they do like oh, a yeah. photo shoot with whoever it is that's like on the episode that week. Um, and it's basically giving black artists their flowers now. Yeah. I saw the Jason here. Weaver photos. I was like, he looks good. Mm-hmm. He looked amazing. He does. Just he like, looks good. And he seems to be doing like doing well right. and stuff too. So I'm always happy anytime yes. you see somebody from like back in the day and they're like doing good and looking healthy and looking happy and like satisfied with where they're like yes. is. Like I was looking at some of the pictures. I was like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a moment. I didn't know. If you, I forgot to use that font. Right. Um, I was like, I didn't say mm-hmm. that. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I like know. as I was clicking through, I'm like, love mm-hmm. Jones. I'm just going to kick Love Jones to the curb and then I'm going to stop my um, thirst rabbit hole where it is. Yeah. Love Jones got to go. Like I said, one of my favorite movies, even though it's a mess. But the soundtrack got to go. 
So movie soundtracks part two got The Wood, Soul Food, The Bodyguard, and Best Man. So the Bodyguard soundtrack gave us Queen of the Queen of the Night. And of course, waiting to exhale. I mean, not waiting to exhale. I will always love you. So that's definitely a no. Of course. Uh, Soul Food. That's the one that's got that Drew Hill song. We're not making love no more. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of bunch of. They got a lot of slow songs about not about being cheated on and not having a relationship with your loved one anymore. So it's like, I just get them, I get that and sleeping in my bed and all that other fun stuff. Like all, they're all one song in my head. Not really, but I get them mixed up. So soul food can't go either. Um, I'm going to go with the wood. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember who's in that movie. Isn't like Shamar Moore in that movie? Nope. It's got, uh, no? okay. Uh, see, yeah, that's why it's got to go. Omar Epps. I don't remember it. Think, think, think. Let me get the names right. So Tay Diggs, Omar Epps. Um, it's the guy from, and I can't think of his name, but it's the guy that plays the dude from the Why Did I Get Married movies, the one that everybody freaking hates. <laughs> it's got him in there too. Like they're the three like trio friend group or whatever in there. And then it's also got, um, Sanaa makes like an appearance like right at the end or whatever, but. Isn't he one of those guys that yeah, plays Yeah, Melinda like, Williams, the, the one that was on like the Soul Food movie. show. She was like the girl, like love interest in the movie. That guy plays the person you hate in every single in every movie, movie, doesn't he? Yeah. I figured that would be the easiest example, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, pretty much, pretty much everybody hates him in every movie that he's in. He's just a terrible person. Hmm. I don't know none of these things. Not nary. Oh, the freaks come out at night. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's got a bunch day, of though, like, like yeah, song. it's got a bunch of like '80s stuff in there, and it's got like uh, the Luther Vandross of this world with mine. Um, it's got you know back in the day when I was young, I'm not a kid yeah. anymore. It's got that up there, so it's got like a quite a few. It's got I want to know with Joe. It's got some bops. Yeah, it's got some. It's got some pretty good bops up there. Yeah, I can still go. It's not as strong as like the best man. I mean, the bodyguard. Like, come on now. Yeah. Please don't get rid of the Queen Whitney. For me, me, it's soul food because it just makes me sad. Like, really? it's just got a bunch of like sad and depressing songs well, up there. And I'm like, I mean, mm. the fan was effing up in that movie. So I know. And and maybe for me too, soul food is just not mm-hmm. one of my. Like, when you're looking at like black 90s movies, soul food is mm-hmm. not necessarily one of my favorites. Like, it's one that I've watched a lot, just kind yeah. of by default, because it's like a thing you do when you're black. I don't know. I mean, yeah. every black person I know has seen Soul Food, I guess. Yeah. But it's not a movie that I really like that much or whatever anyway. So I'm like, the soundtrack I is just like, like I mean, I like some of the songs on the soundtrack, yeah. but just overall, it just, eh, it doesn't do anything for me. Like, I like, I, I like enjoy it. the Wood soundtrack more because mm-hmm. it has more songs up there. Like I said, it's got a lot of those like 80s hip hop songs and some things right. like that. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like I can vibe to this. Right. I'm not really, like I love Soul Food the movie, but it's also one of those movies where I'm like, I'm not really trying to go back and watch that because it just makes me sad. It does make me sad. It's too much. It's just too much going yeah. on there. So yeah, I gotta I gotta let Soul Food go. I'll keep the wood. Okay. That's fair. I'll make the unpopular decision. <laughs> All right, so next one is a girl group fight. In Vogue, Destiny's Child, SWV, and TLC. 
I am kicking myself for this. Actually, no. I'm, I was going to say TLC, but because I feel like Invoke, Destiny, Shouts, and SWV are better vocally. Um, of course. But I, but I mean, realistically, SWV had like two, three big songs, maybe. Like, I feel like they could definitely have done more. Um, and Vogue is iconic. Every single girl in that group can yeah. blow. I think SWV had mess going on, though, didn't they? Yeah. Like, mess not, as in not getting along mess. Yeah. Like, I'm fairly certain SWV definitely had some drama going on. Uh, and then, like I said, they really only had the two songs, Weak, Human Nature, or whatever that song was called. And that's about it. Um, in Vogue, like, had only a few hits comparatively, but, you know, they yeah. they did some things. Invoke is just such a force. They did some things right. that nobody else did when it comes to, like, right. mixing R&B and rock and just blowing everybody out of the water vocally. Like, who? Yeah. All four of them. Every single one of them. Not just some, not just one lead singer. Like, all four of them just killing it. No way Invoke can go. Yeah, for me... Uh, if I were going, I mean, there's so many different ways to kind of look at it too, or whatever. Like you were saying, like if it were just vocals, period. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the obvious answer would be TLC. I mean, yeah. because I mean, T. Boss's voice is unique; it's fine. Um, but she can't sing like that. Like that's no. one thing you definitely can't take away from SWV. Like Coco can sing with a a, right? Like sing, but just overall package and stuff like that it would have to be SWV because I think TLC I mean again when they came out and they they were at the pinnacle of their fame they were massive like I mean they were selling millions of CDs like 10 million CDs or something how, mm-hmm. I think that's like how much the Creep album sold 10 15 million copies of their CD they were selling out concerts they were all over the world like they were just so massive and such a big big girl group but so impactful um, for so many people or whatever you know mm-hmm. Again, talking about things and covering subjects and doing things that groups and stuff, especially like women groups, had never really done and tackled before and going about it in a completely different way. So, yeah, like overall, if you're just looking at it from a total package, it'd have to be SWV for me. Even though I feel bad about that a bit because they can't sing. They really can't. But like, I just wish they would have done. I don't know. I just wish they would have been more. It's kind of like the same situation with uh, Escape. Like, every single one of those girls can sing, but, like, your drama and stuff made things not as cool, basically, for y'all. Um, yeah, and I mean, with Destiny's Child, I mean, you had everybody in there that was great. Destiny's Child, their writing's on the wall CD. I think it's just such a memorable part of my teenage years mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and just listen to it so much. It just has so many great songs in there, and it showcased really early. Um how talented of a writer Beyonce was. So Destiny's Child definitely can't go. She was like one of the first, if not the first woman inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Or like first black woman inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Yeah, she was definitely up she there. She was killing it back in the day when it comes to songwriting. Like I know. Right. And you think about it, she's like, what, she was maybe 18, 19 right. when that album came out? Right. I, I don't take anything away from her now because she doesn't write as much. And that's not a diss. It's just a stating of fact. She, you know, spends her time elsewhere um, when it comes to writing. And not saying she's not involved with it because she definitely is. It's just that 
you know, she it's is definitely okay more with, of a collaborative right. process. She's definitely like allowing other people to write for her, which is great because it gives other people opportunity for a little bit of a leg up or, you know, more collaboration and just, you know, broadening the horizons of her career by, you know, working with other artists. But like her pen game back in the day was insane. Um, it's kind of like how I feel about Mariah. Mariah Carey's songwriting game. Just why are you using SAT words in your songs? Like, I don't even know what that right. word means. Like, I've literally had to Google <laughs> words for Mariah Carey songs. <laughs> and Mariah doesn't get enough respect for being a good no, songwriter. Yeah, I think a lot of people tend to gloss over that. And they just think, you know, when they think about her, they just think about the vocals and they think about the, you know, the the diva package, like yeah. the aesthetic package or whatever. But she's a very talented songwriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, then in vogue, I mean, they're in vogue pretty much like they could they could have came out with one of the half songs and they ain't going nowhere because never have i ever seen a whole bunch of i mean has there is there really another like black woman group or a black girl group that had people where all four of them like just really could sing sing like that not, not like competent that. singers but just like straight up blow people out of the water i can't i can't really think of any where everybody in the group could sing like that? Mm-hmm. No, there's not really a whole lot, to be perfectly honest. Like, it's crazy. No. So, yep, SWV, we're getting you out of here. So, white people turn up song. Because we know white people like to turn up just like we do. And I think we talked about this before, like how some white people songs are like, it's like their version of like our back that thing mm-hmm. up. Like we hear it and everything drops and you instantly like are into it. Mm-hmm. So, living on a prayer... Don't stop believing, cherry pie, or life is a highway. Probably life is a highway. Like I hear that song and I don't really like. Like it's fun, but I don't. I don't turn up as I do if like living on a prayer. Don't stop believing is on. Um, yeah, well, I see white people turning up hard to all of them. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, if you put, all them songs are their songs. I really wish you to put uh, pour some sugar on me on here. So. I guess Def Leppard was on Good Morning America this week and I saw them performing that song and I was just like, I should have never watched this performance. It's not that it was bad or anything <laughs> like that. Like it was competent, but it's definitely like old dude singing a song about strippers and it's not as fun as like 25 year old rock stars from the 80s singing songs about right. strippers. Ooh. Yeah, that's kind of how Cherry Pie is. I'm like, you know what? As you get older, you probably shouldn't be singing that song. Yeah, no, but it's just a lot. It's just it's not it's not sexy when you're doing it. Living on a prayer is one of my favorites. Oh too. yeah, like my personal favorites or whatever. I mean, I'm obviously not white or whatever, but that's one of my personal favorites. <clears throat> Don't stop believing. Life is a highway. I hear that one on the karaoke circuit a lot. Like, and that's part of the reason why I put it there or whatever. But it's because, and again, we're looking at it from like a white people's perspective. Like. I don't know why. So white listeners that we have, why do y'all like to sing Life is a Highway so much on karaoke? Like, what is it about that song that just draws you in? Like, Cherry Pie, I feel like it's definitely a popular song, but I I, I don't really see, or I haven't really experienced a lot of white people lately really turning up to it, like, the way that I see them, like, belting out on Life is a Highway. So I would probably say Cherry Pie. Okay. I don't even dislike. Who even sings Life is a Highway? Like, I don't... That I don't know. Don't give me the line about that. Who knows? I know the other people don't know the Life is a Highway one, but white people seem to like it. Uh, 80s hair band. 
and it's a lot of 80s hair bands. Uh, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, Bon Jovi, Van Halen. Mm, well, I like Slash too much to get rid of Guns N' Roses. Um, I also like Bon Jovi too much, John Bon Jovi too much to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of how messy Van Halen is. Because, <laughs> like, really, I want to get rid of Motley Crue just for being just, just. Life is a Highway is by Tom Conkren, by the way. I gotta get rid of Motley Crue. Like, I don't even care about how messy Van Halen is, but Motley Crue is just <laughs> messy. <laughs> I got to see. So they have a like a biography or like a memoir or something on Netflix now, right? Oh my god, I don't even. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think they. I think they're the ones because I think. Uh, who is it? Machine Gun Kelly is supposed to be playing. Are you for Tommy real? Lee? Yeah, I think he's playing Tommy Lee, if I'm not mistaken. That makes sense. I have to double check on that or whatever, but I, I'm pretty sure it's them that have that that Netflix thing. If it is them, I'm gonna watch that because I'm available to watch that mess. I want to know what y'all had going on, and I don't know if I really have enough of. I want. I'm really curious to see people who know more about like their hist- history and like their in and outs and stuff how they feel about it. Because I may watch it and be like, okay, you know, this was cool, this was messy and stuff. But then people that really are like deeply into them like that may be like, uh, well, it left this out, it left that out. It fudged this, it fudged that. So, I don't know. I'm going to have to check that out, though. Uh, I, <laughs> But yeah, I'm pretty sure Machine Gun Kelly is the is the Tommy Lee in that movie. Uh, that's just... And I'm like, mm. um, I, I told you I read Nikki Six's biography, but I also read Tommy Lee's. And Tommy Lee's is not mm. chronological. It's, like, topical. So he, like, picks a topic and then talks about it for a chapter. Um... He got arrested in Greensboro once, which for those of you that don't know, Greensboro is my hometown. Like he got arrested like after a show, um, for oh, doing dear. something stupid. Gotta be, <laughs> um, but yeah, like they're just like there is typical eighties eighties hair band crazy, and then there's like Motley Crue crazy, and they're not those two levels of things are not the same. Um, so I'm gonna go with Motley Crue because they just they're just messy. Just a hot mess. It's, I mean, and it's fun to laugh at them and, you know, talk it about how messy they were. Them. But just, just, I don't need that type of, I don't need that. Yeah, see, when I think about hair bands, I think about the mess. And I feel like, I mean, don't get me wrong, all four of these, because any rock group that was out back then just had to be messy. Like, it was just a requirement to mm-hmm. be a hot mess because of the groupies and the lifestyle and stuff that they led. But I feel like Guns N' Roses wasn't as messy as these other three. Wasn't what? Like, I mean, definitely some mess, but not mm, as ridiculously not as messy I mean, as the other three. Most of Guns N' Roses mess is like Axl Rose being Axl Rose mess versus like interpersonal. Like, I mean, Slash eventually left the group, obviously, but like it wasn't as much internal, all of us are on drugs and doing stupid things mess as like right. just Axl Rose being Axl. Uh, yeah so for me i guess yeah i have to have guns and roses go just because when i think about 80s hair band i think about miss 
a vote for mm-hmm. an 80s hair band is a vote for mess. So I got to vote for all the all the other messy people or whatever, even though my, I mean, personally, I like Guns N' Roses better than I like a Motley Crue or something mm-hmm. like that, like as far as music taste. But as far as like hair band overall messiness or whatever, because I mean, Bon Jovi, they just, they had, they really had the like quintessential look going. Like everybody's hair was mm-hmm. just like big and fluffy and teased. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Van Halen too. So they definitely had the look going. Like to me, Motley Crue was a little bit more like grungy looking, right. you know? But like when I like hair band, I'm like, I, I like the hair. Like Bon Jovi, they had the hair going on. It was amazing. Yeah. So yeah, Guns N' Roses have to go for me. 2000s dance. We're jumping way back into the 2000s here. So the lean with it, rock with it. The walk it out. Dougie or the swag surf? Uh, the Dougie? <laughs> it's an awkward motion to do. Like, I love Dougie Fresh, don't get me wrong, but like the, the I can never quite coordinate my upper body to cooperate. Um, <laughs> lean with the rock with is pretty easy. The walk it out is pretty right. easy. The swag surf. It, so I was having a conversation on Twitter. I saw somebody tweet about doing the swag surf. So going back to us, one of the great things that Jordan, Jordan Peele did, I couldn't think of his last name for some odd reason. He took us to, first of all, when he did South by Southwest, he had a screening of us for, um, like black media outlets specifically for black mm-hmm. media outlets which was pretty dope yeah. um he did it at howard too they're always i was getting that um black media outlets are always kind of getting the shaft when it comes to things and so he did a screening specifically for black media outlets so then the next thing he did was he took it to a bunch of the hbcus so he did howard he did clark atlanta he did spellman i think and like a couple of other schools um, i'm surprised he didn't do a&t because a&t is also a hbcu but that's neither here nor there um and like there's a video floating around of them doing the swag surf at one of them schools. I'm fairly certain it was Howard. And somebody <laughs> commented on it. Um, it was, uh, this girl I know named Chelsea. And she was talking about how like people do the swag surf wrong and how you're supposed to go slow at first until the beat drops and then pick it up. And I didn't even know that there was like a class of people that did the swag surf wrong. Like, how, I don't understand why you wouldn't just follow the beat to the song but for anybody out there doing the swag surf wrong like i need you to reevaluate your life um but i like the swag surf it was a little bit past my like high school days but i mean it's a it's a fun thing to do in a group of people you know you just link up with whoever's next to you uh, yes the swag surf the is will always just rain it's just so much fun to do right so last year my husband's cousin got married in uh the, the dominican and we did a booze cruise. And so pretty much everybody on the booze cruise was probably like late 20s to mid 30s. Because we're, I mean, we're all around the same age. And it was probably about, mm, I would probably say about, probably about a good 40 to 50 of us on that boat. So we get out there, you know, we're, you know, people snorkeling, we're drinking, there's food and all the stuff like that. And Swag Surf comes on and we're getting ready to pull into like this docking area where you can actually get out and like there's like a sandbar there. So you can actually get out like in the middle of the like the Bay Area where we were at and actually like take your drink out there. People were throwing some footballs and doing all the stuff like that. But when we pulled up, we were Swag Surfing so hard that the boat was literally like rocking side to side and everybody was looking like what is going over there it was 
amazing because the guy that was actually uh captain in the boat or whatever he was looking like holy crap i have never he's like, i have played this song before and i have never never have i ever right had my boat doing that before like i thought we was about to like capsize because it was i mean we were swagging surface super hard but it was so fun so i love to swag surf i will never miss the opportunity for that that's one of my favorites for me it's the walk it out to me it just looks so like it's not that the Dougie doesn't look weird because it definitely does, but the walk it out just seems so just seems so weird. Like it was something I just was never really into. Okay. I can't see. Yeah, I, like, I the can't Dougie, see it, I, like the Dougie. Like the I've seen people do it before where it looks like you know a little bit like smoother and stuff like that. But I don't. There's is there a way to do the walk it out where it doesn't just look a bit awkward? No, because it's just an awkward foot leg motion. Basically, <laughs> that's really all it is. It's, just kind of move your legs in and out and sideways and all that stuff and you are doing the walk it out um yeah so the walk it out gotta go for me i mean even though i know it's popular and everybody you know especially people our age know what it is mm-hmm. and stuff like that um i thought about adding in kind of like as a fit a random fifth option what do you call the is going down dance does that have a name is it just like the motorcycle dance or what yeah, is it it's called the motorcycle dance <laughs> i think now i'm doing it in my head Right, yeah, because all I can think about is when Tom Cruise like randomly showed up on no. like, 106 in Park or something, oh and he was God, doing it with them. And I was like, "What are you doing?" Hey, stop! I think that was way worse than him jumping on the couch. To be perfectly honest, like, yeah, uh, it was. It was very cringy. Like he was doing too much to try to be down. Get out of here, Tom Cruise! Oh, wait, take but yeah, you. I didn't know what it was called, so I was like, "Well, I don't want to call it the motorcycle dance." It's but I guess maybe that is what you call it. Oh. Like I'm very well, certain that's what it's called. Even if that was included, I still would get rid of the walk it out just because there's no way to do it without. Like, I feel like there's a way to do the Dougie without looking stupid, but the walk it out, there's uh-huh. literally no way to do it without looking like you're on drugs. Well, fine, then, Ty. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I mean, no judgment. No judgment. I, I know how to do the walk it out. I just don't like to do it because I think I look <laughs> stupid when I do it. Ooh, I like this. Pop Divas, mm-hmm. Brittany, Christina, Mandy Moore, or Jessica Simpson? So I did these last few. I am, my pick is going to be Jessica Simpson. Um, like she's Same. actually got a great voice, <laughs> but I just, I never really connected with her. The chicken of the sea thing was mad dumb. Um, even though I've said some stupid things in my day, but that was, yeah. You know. Uh, I, don't, I, I feel happy. like she hasn't really come out with a song that really like like hit and resonated with me like that. Like there are songs that right. she's come out with that are okay that right. I like that like if it comes on the radio, I'll listen to it. But again, she's not somebody where I go and like would purposely seek out to listen to any of her music. I honestly think that Jessica Simpson should have been a country artist, and I think she would have mm-hmm. gone a lot further than being like regular pop artist. Um, yeah, she was trying to compete in that Britney and Christina world, and it just was not happening. Mandy Moore had some bops. Like she didn't get she very did. far in the in the music realm, but she has and a box though. She has a fantastic voice. Is another thing that I love about her. Like her voice is really, mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, she just didn't get enough love. Yeah. She's done a lot of songwriting stuff too, right? She has. Um, yeah. She used to write with her ex husband, I think. Um, who she doesn't have a good relationship with. Um, but she's just always been really solid. Like never really a whole bunch of controversy around her. Just kind of doing her thing and being pretty consistent uh she literally just got a star on the hollywood walk of fame like oh my god her career trajectory trajectory i would have never expected that yeah like wow i was not expecting like 
first of all, Walk Me Home, which is like one of the greatest movies ever. I'm sorry, that song is, I mean, that that movie is amazing and one of my favorite movies ever. Um, so just adorable, like corny, but also very adorable movie. Um, and I just love Mandy Moore, but I'm not getting rid of right. her. Like Candy was a bop and all the other songs she had. Only Hope was a bop, like, can't get rid of her. Um, She's in the Princess Diary. She was like the, the like, she was Lana Fontaine, I think. Yeah, she was the main girl. Um, she was great in that. Um, I think she's a great actress and obviously killing it on This Is Us. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, you can't get rid of Britney and Christina, although I would really love Christina to get a handle on her music career. Like, I think she's got a great voice, but her music just never really... It just feels all over the place. It does. Uh, like... Bionic seems And to then be. sometimes I think her voice is kind of part of her downfall because I feel like sometimes she just does the most. Like goes slightly into, yeah, she like goes into the area of just doing the absolute most. And it's like, you don't have to do all of that. You really don't. Like, you don't have to try that hard. I feel like people that try that hard are people that really can't sing that well. Right. And you have an excellent voice. So why are we trying so hard? I don't understand that either. Like, she's got some great songs like, uh, Your Body is one of my favorite songs by her, but it never really went there. Um, but like mm-hmm. Bionic was just weird. Her and the whole like leather bondage gear. Th- that video was just weird. Like it could have been done better to make it like it was pretty much express yourself the video, but like not express yourself. And like, right. It just was not, it was the execution was terrible. Um, but I mean, she still got a great voice. Burlesque is one of, I, that movie is garbage. Like the movie is terrible. Terrible. But I love that movie. <laughs> it's one of my like guilty pleasure movies. Watching burlesque, and Britney is the queen. So like, you can't really get rid of her. I hope at some point Britney finds peace. Um, she, mm-hmm. I don't know. She just seems. Anytime I see her on TV, she just seems out of it. Like. Yeah, She's not I've been there. concerned about her for a, a very long time. A very long time. Pretty much yeah. since I've been concerned about Britney since she broke her ACL, which breaking her ACL was before 2007 when she went and shaved right. all her hair off and all that stuff. Um, that was kind of yeah, like the, the that happened. That bad relationship happened. Yeah. She had those kids back to back. She lost the aunt. Like just yeah. so much stuff happened in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, I, and that's a major injury. It is. And I, I'm i not trying to speak this over her life if it's not true, but like I feel like she has a... I'm not going to say that. Tearing an ACL is not a injury that you get over easily. And it's probably mm-hmm. one of those things that kind of hurts all the time. Which is probably right. why when she dances, she doesn't really bend her knees a whole lot. Um, so I just hope that she has a healthy relationship with pain medication is the way that I will say that. But she just always seems like she is out of it and kind of like not there when you see her in interviews and stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah, it is. It's, it's definitely troublesome. Um, and I don't necessarily, I'm just going to shut up, but I, I pray for peace for her because um, she deserves, she's worked very hard for the vast majority of her life um and i just kind of hope she's happy same. um yeah it's that same thing too with you know being young and even more so with like the britneys and you know christina's of the world that 
have been pretty much in front of the public eye and in front of a camera since they were kids. Yeah. You know, that's a lot. I mean, cause you think about all the things you went through and how tough life could be when you were younger. And then imagine doing that in front of millions of people. All the time. Yeah. I can't. Right. All the time. Like, I mean, it's been literally pretty much your whole life that you've been in front of a camera. It's, it's a lot. You've spent more time in front of the camera and in the public eye than you have not. So it's normal for you. Right. Um, right. And that's why I give people like Regina King and stuff like that, like so much respect or whatever, because she is indeed a child actress. I mean, she's been acting since she was a kid and you, the way that she's been able to kind of hold things together and really hadn't seemed to go through a lot of the things that some of her peers have gone through that had those same experiences. I mean, that can't be easy, right? but I mean, it, it boils back down to what we were saying before about having yourself surrounded by authentic people that care about you and got your best interests at heart that aren't just yes people. Yeah. Um, and then just finding the center of yourself and staying true to yourself or whatever. Like with Regina, I can see that where she's got that with her mom. Yeah. That's in her corner. And I can see where her mom was like, nah, I'm not playing this foolishness. You know? Yeah. Like, and even with Usher, like with his mom, like, I mean, even though they went through their period a few years ago where they weren't getting along and stuff, like, his mom truly saved him from some foolishness. Oh, yeah. Because he seemed to be, like, the only person on the face that didn't get a bad shake. Yeah. And I think she was really, as his manager, like, as his manager and his mom was, like, looking out for his best interests at heart. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, black mamas don't play. <laughs> like, she was not playing probably also why Beyonce ain't in a whole bunch, wasn't in a whole bunch of craziness because her mom was like, absolutely not. Yeah, because her mama not playing. Absolutely not. Um, so yeah, Britney videos, toxic. Oops, me against me against the music. Yeah, and baby, one more time. Ooh, I love the toxic video. Who doesn't? So that's always that's always a state for me. It's like our best video ever. I keep forgetting that Tyson Beckford is in that video until I go back and watch it. I'm like, oh wait. And he's not it's even a love interest. It's such a random cameo. Yes. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Why, why is he in there? Uh, just to ride the bus, Just to be the guy that's driving the motorcycle. Why do I feel like I don't remember the Me Against the World video? What happened in there? Me Against the Music is the one with Madonna, and it's also got... Against um, the Music, sorry. It's got uh, 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 Columbus Short in it, like, dancing on her left. And it's like the two uh. of them are, like, dance battling with each other. Yeah, then they have like the they had a thing going on for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That led to the kiss heard around the world. Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to go with the with the me against the music one because it's just not something that I'm really that's really like caught up in my memory bank or whatever. Like toxic, I instantly see that right away, and I love that song. Um, of course, the oops, I did it again video. I mean, you know. That red leather cat suit, man. <laughs> right, I was gonna say I love that. I mean, just such a great, just a, such a great song, a great shady song. It is. It's got some shade in there too. I like, I like a good bit of underlying shade. And then, baby, one more time. I mean, it's got the classic look. Like, I am going to be a little contrary and go with baby one more time. Like, I love that video, mm-hmm. but. I mean, and it was shot in the same school that they shot Grease, so you would think I would love it, but, like, that toxic video goes off. The Oops, I Did It Again video goes off. Remember when she got hit in the mm-hmm. head by the camera? Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that happened during the, the, uh, the making the video. She got hit in the head with the camera, and I'm just like, dang, I feel sorry for you, my bad. Uh, I love her Slave For You video, too. I know that's not up here, but... That's my joy. But you can't get rid of that video because that video is just her with the 
everybody like all hot and sweaty and all that fun stuff um and the performance was iconic as well um right but there may be one more time video just doesn't do it for me not compared to like be against the music and oops and toxic like those videos go off uh, i still remember the dance to me against the music i love that song i love that video mm-hmm. i think it's a great collaboration between her and um madonna so you know with they, one more i like time. the circus video too Oh, yeah. Matt, okay, let me tell you something. The circus album? Yeah, I'm like, Brittany got, Brittany has some really good videos. Now that I'm sitting there really thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? She was really mm-hmm. going off on the video scene. The circus album and hmm. the uh, blackout album are literally two of the best albums. Album? Yes. That blackout album is a bop all the way through. Like, I think somebody had done a Twitter thread about that album one time like just giving it praise and i was like yes thank you and so many people were saying the same thing like listen and i know that was right in the middle of when all the, the stuff was going was on happening. so i think that kind of yeah i think that kind of deflected away from you know the music and her being mm-hmm. able to put her full focus into promoting it and doing the things that she could do for it but that yeah. album rides all the way through like i can listen to it and not mm-hmm. skip a track I literally was listening to it like a couple days ago. I started, it's warming up here in North Carolina and I finally am at a place where I feel like my ankle is up to starting to work out again. So I went for a walk on Sunday because it was super nice outside. Um, and that's mm-hmm. definitely, like I definitely put on the womanizer and blackout. I mean, the circus and that blackout album because like, I mean, it's just straight up dance hits and it's hit after hit after hit after hit and bops after bop after bop. After bop. I like I'm to like, work out to the blackout album. Yeah. Just like that's a good treadmill. So if you're walking, running, doing whatever on the treadmill, just just throw that on and mm-hmm. it'll like give you all the the heightness that you need to get through it. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So for me, I, I got to do the me against the music one because I just don't really remember that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go in, I'm gonna have to go look that one up and watch it and stuff like that. And I and I remember a lot of Britney's videos, but that one just completely escaped my mind. Like even now I can't picture anything from it. So I don't know where I was when that happened. Or if it just like went over my head and got lost somewhere in my memory bank. I don't know. Oh, and so the last one we have for you guys. So we have to do a part two of this. There's so many you can come up with. Yeah, that's fine. Last one we have is Hip Hop Heads Estate. So we got Diddy. Got Master P, got Wayne and Jay Z. Oh boy! Especially because we're talking about everybody like at the height of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, no! This is so unfair. This is this is unfair to me because you guys know I love hip hop. Ah, I mean, it's so many ways to to look at it or whatever like if you're looking at it you can look at it from like a music perspective and then you can look at it from like a Mm -hmm. mogul perspective you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because like a music perspective like diddy can get out of here you know what i'm saying because master p has some pops and everything like that yeah like what are you doing diddy diddy's just in other people's songs for the most part (laughs) and or Mm -hmm. he has songs with like a lot of other people on his song to cover up the fact that i don't know what diddy's doing as a rapper like i don't know what's going on with him there but as far as a mogul perspective, it would have to probably be like, I want to say, I mean, with Diddy, because when he did have bad boy riding, like he made a lot of mistakes and a lot of people's careers kind of got jacked up behind some bad boy foolery. But like mm-hmm. when bad boy was on top, they were on top. Yeah. Um, and I almost want to take Wayne out of the picture, but he's got young money going for him. Right. 
Mm. See, for me, it's- like I said, it's easy as far as like a music perspective. Diddy can get out of there, but like Master yeah. P can't go either time or whatever because I mean his whole origin story of him like selling tapes out the truck of his car and what he built with No Limit and right. when No Limit was on top like they were unstoppable Master P still got money long right. money like if I'm not mistaken I day. heard somewhere that the money he used to start um, No Limit Records was like from an insurance settlement from like a family member that had passed away and like that's dope like to take something and make it into mm-hmm. so much bigger like that takes a business acumen and a skill level that not everybody has um, right so like i gotta yeah, respect I for lo- me i love master p i like him as a mogul i yeah. like him liked him as an artist and everything like that yeah from the mogul perspective that one's tough like i said i'm kind of leaning towards in a way, I'm kind of, even though, you know, Diddy's got other things going on, but if you're looking at just like hip hop specifically, I'm kind of leaning towards Diddy because, I mean, yeah, he had Biggie and stuff like that. But after Biggie, he never really, after Biggie, you know, passed and Mace like left and, you know, I guess he got saved and now he's back to doing, I don't know what Mace is doing. But yeah, after that, Diddy never really had like a, a lot of big hip hop artists up under him as a mogul. And the whole bad boy thing just kind of went, off the rails and he started yeah. doing other things and like expanding out other things. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like in both cases, I almost want to go with Diddy because Wayne has gotten there. He like, he rose to the top, he got there and then he established young money and he's got two of the biggest hip hop artists, no matter how people feel about him. I mean, Drake and Nikki are two of the biggest artists out there right now, period. Um, you know? I'm- so, I honestly only go with Lil Wayne. Like, Lil Wayne is my person only because, like, I get, I understand his overall um, importance to hip hop. Like, I get it. Like, I understand it. And I don't take that away from him. But I just don't. I've never been a Wayne Mm -hmm. fan as a solo artist. And I've never really rocked with most of the artists that he's bought out. Like, I'm not not a Drake fan. I'm not really a Nicki fan. I'm not really a fan of anybody else in Young Money. So that's for me. Like at least with Jay-Z, like I listen to Jay-Z's music. I like a lot of the artists that Jay-Z has been around. I listen to Master P's right. music. I like a lot of the artists that Master P has brought to the forefront and things that he's done. Diddy, even the same way. Like honestly, that last Train to Paris album with Diddy Dirty Money, it's one of the best albums that's ever happened. It was before, it was ahead of its time. And if it came out today, mm-hmm. it'd still be ahead of its time. Like that album goes hard. Um, yeah, see, I like Wayne as like a solo artist or whatever. Yeah. Now, some of the stuff he's done in recent years, because he kind of started drifting off into that weird, you know, mumbly rapping thing and stuff like that. And it's like, what are you doing, Rain? Like, I just feel like, and it's not that I don't feel like there's a place for that, because I think you go through different ebbs and flows and different types of rap and stuff. And I mean, you know, let the kids have that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let, let them have that. Yeah. Like, I just, I feel like, what are you doing? Like, anytime I see a, a rapper that's from a different generation or something like doing that, but like Wayne in like the early 2000s and stuff like that, like through mid 2000s, love Wayne. I love the Carter album. Love that album. Still play it like on a regular to this day or whatever. So yeah, as much as I like Diddy and I like him overall, like just kind of as a, as a person in general and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially on the music front, yeah, Diddy got to Diddy got to get out of here. Yeah. Even though all about the Benjamins is my joint, but it's mainly because I like Lil Kim's part. 
Rumble Rumble with the bee, huh? Yeah, we'll have to do a second one of this because we could do we could do like ladies or whatever, like the women. Ooh. Do like a Kim, Foxy Brown, like all the ladies that were out around that time too. Mm-hmm. Which for me, that I mean, like it fun. was hard. It was hard to touch Kim. She was just, I mean, right. I was gonna say she was just so dope with the, you know, with the vocals and everything, like with the lyrics and everything. Like it was just her look, her style. Like it was hard to touch Kim. There's this really fantastic article out there about, um, and I think uh, Feminista Jones did an article about Kim, just like her importance to hip hop and its legacy and um, how she trailblazed things as a fashion person. I'll have to look that up and be able to share it with you guys because it's a really, really good, well thought out, well, you know, just well thought out, wonderful piece or whatever that really just big ups her in a way that we don't see quite enough. I feel like she doesn't get as much of the credit as she probably should, you know, cause I think people tend to focus on things that have happened in recent years and the, the surgery stuff and all of that stuff like that. But you can't take away from the fact that she's a dope rapper, right? Like the naked truth or whatever that's got like lighters up and a couple of other things like the naked truth is a hard body hip hop album period um and it's like the only album that the source gave five mics to mm-hmm. and it's very few albums that the source has given five mics to that i didn't find to be like a banger completely all the way through or whatever so the fact that she earned that status yeah and i mean when i listen to the album i can totally see why they did it absolutely amazing mm. but again i don't think that it really got the movement and traction that it probably could have because it was right around the time that she had like all that sentencing for the perjury it was getting ready to go to jail and all that stuff like that so I mean what can you really do when you're hemmed up right legally you know what I'm saying right so that seems to be like a common theme like people are either going through a lot in their personal life or they're hemmed up with like some legal foolishness and then they'll drop like an excellent album and it doesn't get the traction that it could get yeah which really sucks Absolutely. Going back to the conversation we had earlier about how we have to reevaluate how we relate to people that are there to entertain us because like maybe if the pressure wasn't so high for her as an artist or for a lot of these mm-hmm. artists, maybe they won't get in the trouble that they've been in. Like, you know, that amount of stress can make people do some things that exactly a normal sane person would not do. And she seems so like she seems to me, Kim's so overall personality. She seems really sweet. She seems like a good friend and a fun person to be around. And so I just hate when people like drag her and they're mean, especially about her looks. Because I'm like, you know what? They're probably she's probably heard so many times in her life that she wasn't pretty enough and that she didn't look good enough. That she's been in abusive relationships and stuff before. Like she really been through some stuff. I watched a documentary about Kim, and I didn't realize that Kim went through some of the things that she did. Yeah. and she had a bad shake with Biggie and stuff so I mean you know we put people down and we put people who have certain aesthetic appeal on a pedestal but then if somebody else goes and they start doing doing things or you know altering their body to try to conform to the things that people are putting on a pedestal then you're judging them for that so it's like what do you want people to do you know it's just it's all messed up exactly well, that is all that we've got for you guys today. We may have to come back and revisit and do some more 
uh, do some more one gotta go ones because that's pretty fun. And there's so many different avenues and options and stuff that you can do and so many things we want to include. But of course, uh, we are already running at a couple and a half hours. We are at movie length right now, guys. So <laughs> we're going to wrap it up. If you guys have any suggestions for us, if we come back and do a part two of this, what are some things you want us to talk about? What are some topics you want us to discuss and do some elimination for? Let us know on Twitter or on Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod and use the hashtag nostalgia mix pod to react to some of the um different categories that we pose here who are some people that you would choose do you agree with some of our choices or do you have some different thoughts of your own let us know and email us if you want to at nostalgiamixpod at gmail.com and we will talk to you guys next time hope you have a lovely week and weekend and we'll see you soon peace out bye peace